Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another edition of Slow Your Roll. I am Dominic Lorenzano, alongside writer for the Yaki Way Report, Jesse Caulfield, as always, bringing you this one today. It was a wild Sunday, it seems like. Actually, you know what? It wasn't that wild. Just one game was wild. Uh, but that game was wild enough to make the whole week wild. That game was on all the drugs. <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about. Sorry, I'm still adjusting You all know out there, you all know which game I'm talking about. You know, feeling pretty good today. I took it a bit. I took it in the teeth a little bit on Sunday. I had my first losing week betting wise. My old reliable Damn. Minnesota Vikings gave me five heart attacks, but they covered for me like they yeah. always have been this year. Yeah, that's why when I like you texted me like, "Oh, can they miss the extra point?" Like, like that's bad. I was like, you know what? That I mean, I didn't say it to you, but yeah. I kind of thought to myself like, that might actually work out for you in the end. It kind of did. It definitely did. You won. I know. I know. Didn't deserve to. <laughs> Completely was on the wrong side of that one, but uh, I won. Anyway, though, so we got that to talk about. A little, you know, a little off the field stuff. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson throwing jabs at each other. A um, lot of baseball. A lot of baseball. The award yeah. stuff is coming up. All of it's going to get announced throughout the week this week. We're going to talk some off season. what the Red Sox are going to do, and some quarterback stuff. The Raiders are a mess. This talks Jimmy G could get an extension after the year. We're going to go through all that kind of stuff. A few more stuff, labeled some haters on a few teams. I think both of us are going to get the hater uh, label here today. Uh, you don't know why I'm going to get it, but I'll tell okay. you. It, it'll come out real fast. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> with that, though, I'll take it over to you, Jesse Caulfield. Thank you. Get us started. Let's ride. Uh, let's, let's do it. Let's ride. <laughs> All right. If you ha- couldn't guess, it's about the Broncos. But, like, so this idea came to me. I don't know if anyone's heard. I mean, I people have definitely heard because, you know, it's just been out there i've seen it on barstool i didn't read into it that much but like the wristband thing russell wilson doesn't apparently like to wear the wristband with all the plays on it mm-hmm. um and when i first saw it, i was like who cares why is this a thing and i realized this is more about pete carroll and russ and russ being cringe because he very much is no one can deny that mm. except maybe russ himself um but so in and in doing this, having this conversation and just looking into this, I just kind of came to the conclusion of damn is Broncos country a a car crash. They drove they drove it off a cliff. Yes. Uh, as we as we can say. So and the reason I say this is like the Broncos came out uh, Pete Carroll came out and said like, oh he we want our quarterbacks to wear wristbands. I don't remember exactly what he said. But it was just a, a. He didn't say Russell Wilson, but it was just a. It was obvious. It was under the. It was an under the table insult, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it was definitely about Russell Wilson. Uh, Wilson came out and defended himself. I think, which was fine, especially with how just like we won games. I'm fine with that answer. Mm-hmm. If he went more into like. Pete Carroll's an old fart, like he's senile and all that stuff. I'm like, all right, bro, this is clearly more than just about a wristband. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, when he just left it at that, I was like, all right, that's fine. Some people still attacked him because he is cringe. He's just an easy target right now. I get that. But then the Broncos were like, yeah, we want, we want to wear a wristband. And I kind of do get that. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Most of them don't look at it. I saw Tua look at his for the first time yesterday. Mm. Didn't touch the ball on that play, though. So it was just, just being a distraction. Um, so I kind of get it. I mean, it's the veterans that I always see that are constantly looking at it. Mm. Tom Brady looks at it every play. Mm-hmm. So I kind of get it. 
there are probably good reasons for it. I'm sure there is. There's reasons I'm not on the NFL field. Um, but you need to defend your franchise quarterback that you sold your soul for. You just have to do that. Mm. You have to. You can, you know, sit him down and be like, Russ, we just want you to wear it. Mm. Bro, just wear it. You don't even have to look at it. This will just make us feel better. And maybe one day you'll look at it and it'll click with you. But you can't come out publicly and be like, yeah, we want him to wear it. Yeah. Which I know is that's not exactly what they said, but that's basically what they said. Mm -hmm. So, you know, looking back, with the NFL, like this obvious toxic teams, Jaguars, Lions, uh, Bears, although the Bears are cleaning themselves up. Mm-hmm. Browns have been like the historical one forever. I mean, Pittsburgh's successful, but damn, are they toxic. Um, everywhere Tom Brady goes nowadays. Uh, uh, the Steelers the Steelers locker room can be toxic, but the upstairs and the, and the office. Sure. Well, yeah, and, there's different levels of toxicity among <laughs> yes. teams, but like there's famous ones. But the Broncos are never really talked about, and they should because this is a – let's start small. Remember Tim Tebow? Bro, he let him. He took a crap team, led him to the playoffs, won a playoff game against those toxic Steelers, and then got whooped by Tom Brady and the uh, New England Patriots. But that was a team suddenly had a quarterback that was trending in the right direction. And that offseason, they trade for Peyton Manning and leave Tim Tebow out to dry. Now, I get it. You're not really going to win anything with Tim Tebow. Peyton Manning gives you a much better chance. Um yeah, that's good for the franchise. You didn't have to do him that dirty, though, Tim Tebow. You know what I mean? Like, he immediately... What did the Broncos do before Tim Tebow? I know this is the John Elway years. Yeah. Which I never saw. Yeah. So, Tim Tebow kind of came into a a dead floating in the ocean franchise. And it's like, hey, that was, that was fun. Mm. What a playoff game. Which I know there's been a couple here and there. Uh, I can tell you where they were before Tebow. They were uh, suffering through Josh McDaniels. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We'll get to him later. Um, And, you know, this past offseason, they had the Brian Flores incident. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how much is exactly Brian Flores just being upset about the situation? He says they came in hungover and disheveled to the interview. Mm. You know... I do find it a little hard to believe they came in maybe hungover, mm. um, but I can see them being like, you yeah, know, we're going to drag this African-American man across country simply for the Rooney rule because we need to check a box. Mm. I can see that happening and them not caring about the interview. Mm. But then you hired a man named Nathaniel Hackett who, you know, I'm sure this wasn't it, but it was a Chris Collinsworth that he got hired because he made Aaron Rodgers laugh and like yeah. whatever, whatever else. They hired Aaron's drinking buddy. Yeah, that was the other thing. So obviously that wasn't his only criteria, but when that's like the rumor going around and like the the hearsay, what have you. Oh, well, Jesse, I think it was his only criteria because I think they did it because they wanted Aaron Rodgers. I could see <laughs> that, but like there had to be like, all right, even in this league, like they, it wasn't like we're hiring Aaron Rodgers' best friend off the street. Like he had, he's been in the NFL. Yeah, they, that's true. I'm sure he, in that interview, he said all the right things too. Yeah, I'm sure. Like they didn't just hire this man just because he's Aaron Rodgers' buddy, quote-unquote buddy. But, like, that shows a dysfunction. You're hiring a coach to maybe get a QB because of social cues, I guess, and you're taking advantage of the Rooney Rule to check a box. Mm-hmm. Or I guess you're not taking advantage of the Rooney Rule. I, I don't know how you... I, the Rooney Rule is weird and, I mean, stupid. 
but I get it. So the dysfunction of this franchise is so subtle, mm. but it's clearly there. Like there's been very little success. Even when you brought in Peyton Manning, yeah, you made two Super Bowls. You got stomped in one. Mm-hmm. Um, you want? I think this. Yeah, they've only won one Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That was with Elway. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: Elway is supposed no, no, to. No, no, be- Peyton won one with them. Remember? Oh yeah, you're right. Well, like before- the defense dragged his sorry. Yeah, no, but before carcass. That. Before any of that. <laughs> yeah. Like, this isn't like an historical franchise here. <laughs> oh, okay. But, like, I don't know why they just get a pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, why? This this franchise clearly is not very well run. There's far more toxic ways franchises are run, but they're just kind of, I don't know. Like I said, they're given a these, pass. These elite guys that like to run a football team. Mm-hmm. And here's John Elway. Yes. Who <laughs> seems to just be their buddy at this point. Yeah, I got you. So, um, and, and, you know, to your thing, you should have saw this coming a little bit more because let's look at the history of famous, great players or coaches who then become executives mm. for the team that they were great for. It's not a great yeah. history. Yeah. It doesn't go that well, usually. Not, no, if, especially. I'm thinking, I'm looking at you, Phil Jackson. I mean, Jeff Saturday is <laughs> off to a roaring start. Oh, yeah, he is. I mean, so. it helps when he gets to play Matt Ryan. Yes. Frank Reich wasn't allowed for some reason. Yeah. And yeah. Listen, that he was probably trying to get him fired. I think so too. Um which you, you can just fire him, bro. That's your team. Anyway. But like no, that that's true. That's just like, "Oh man, like you are the most famous man in our team's history." To that point, like uh-huh. we're going to bring you in basically kind of because of that criteria. Like you look at kind of the Yankees and Aaron Boone. He hit a home run in the 2003 playoffs to send the Yankees to the World Series. Did nothing in that World Series. And that's why he's their manager today. Mm. Like, don't hire your franchise guys. Mm. Look at Bill. He does hire some of his franchise guys, Mm -hmm. Gerard May or Troy Brown. But, like, they're not studs. Mm -hmm. They were just kind of cogs in the machine. And I say that with respect. Those were the Mm -hmm. cogs he was looking for. Mm -hmm. You know, Mayo was like the lead tackler every year mm-hmm. um and bill loves his punt returning wide receivers but it, it richard seymour is not on the on the staff or no. sante samuel or ty laws on the staff yeah ty laws not on the staff yeah no i get what you mean randy moss ain't on the staff <laughs> randy moss should not be randy moss is great for where his job is right now <laughs> i don't think he'd be a good coach i don't think so you either. know what i think he would be i think he'd be great tutor like you know like clinic guy mm. like i'm a tutor these high school college kids on my own i'm not gonna be a coach of a team because mm, I, I feel like he's be very he'd be very good at passing knowledge because that's what bill said like wow this guy's got a lot of knowledge when he brought him in but i just don't think he'd gel with a bunch of other coaches you know what i'm saying now i get you and you know i get you saying maybe denver is getting a little bit of a pass maybe they are a bit of a problem i did think it was weird that Denver would then come out and say what they said about the wristband stuff. Because it's like, why do you care about Pete Carroll in Seattle? Maybe they want him to coach him next. Yeah, like, what are you trying to give props to Pete? Why is Pete going to care? Like, just shut up. Just shut up. I think they're trying. Don't make it more of a story than it needs to be. I think this is them trying to be You know what I think it is? Well, okay. I think it's Hackett knowing that he is maybe screwed and seeing if he can pass blame. Oh, I think I was gonna say I think it's the franchise knowing they messed up big time with the coaching hire, mm. and they're now trying to put some blame on the quarterback. Oh, I agree. 
But I think specifically attack it too. Okay. I I do think this could get really bad behind closed doors with like Hackett trying desperately to save his job and mm. just throwing anything at the wall that could mm. stick, and that's going to be trying to blame a lot of this on Russ. And I think it was. <sighs> and Russ has not been perfect, but yeah, no, it was, was it two four weeks ago? Yeah, I had a, a rant about like I'm apologizing to Pete Carroll. Yes, because I think Russ was maybe a big problem, and I still stand by that. He's not helping his own case in any way shape or form he's not pressed he's not done a single correct thing since the season began yes but come on denver you're you're making it far worse yeah i get you i i think we're good on that two rapid fire news as you already mentioned pete carroll some subtle jabs at russell wilson saying how great how seamless it is to make changes and run the offense with geno because of the wristband and his quote was we had faced resistance to that in the past Whereas okay. Wilson okay. class yeah, backed, was... we won a lot of games without it. Yeah. That's how that went. And, well, also, here's the thing about that. Can I just say real quick? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's a lot easier to talk a man like Geno Smith, who's been trying to save his NFL career for oh, yeah. years, into, hey, can you put this wristband on? Whatever you say, boss. Yeah. Then Russell Wilson, a successful veteran quarterback. Mm. I think Pete also has got to watch out here. Listen, you've had some surprising success early in the year. Let's chill out on being a front runner and hey, start man. talking. That's our NFC West winners, <laughs> no, according to me. No. Uh, also, OBJ. Plenty of rumors going on about him leaning towards the Cowboys. Jerry Jones is in full PR mode right now. You got multiple people on the Dallas Cowboys lobbying for it, too. Jerry said that star would look real nice on OBJ. 100% agree with Jerry Jones. Yeah. I think he's a perfect fit for them because if C.D. Lamb goes down, their offense is not very good. Hey, you know what? I'll take that both literally and figuratively. That that team could use him, and you know what? He would look good in a Cowboys uniform. I think he would, too. Yeah. The flashiest, most biggest star wide receiver left in the league, now on the biggest brand. Yeah. It's a match made in heaven. Yeah. Um, the Raiders and Derek Carr. Now, Carr had some more things to say, by the way, after that Colts game. It was a very emotional interview. I felt really bad for the guy. Yeah. Um, but also the week before is when I was talking about when he said, I have a lot of things that I could say right now, but I won't say them here. Interesting. Derek Carr is never usually that kind of guy. No. He doesn't talk like that. No. He's always team organization first. I think he's getting a little fed up. I think, what is he on? Like six, seven coaches now. <laughs> Six, seven different coaches in his in his nine years in the league. A, it's been a lot. It's been a ride. And his favorite one turned out to be a homophobic, racist, <laughs> sexist, <laughs> terrible human being. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm sure he loved Basachi too. Hey, they were successful with him. Um, also on that front, Brandon Marshall, the former wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, came out. And talked about McDaniels and his time when he was there with Denver. And Brandon Marshall said, McDaniels might be smart, X's and O's, but McDaniels can't relate to and lead men. It was a mess. I could see that. I could see that, too. Yeah, I just, I <laughs> Brandon Marshall did have his own baggage. So you got to put that into consideration for those who remember. But uh, Derek Carr is saying some things he didn't usually used to say. You know, we'll, we'll get on this later. Anyway, and some college football stuff. Couple of upsets. Oregon, number six ranked at the time, the Oregon Ducks, losing to the hated Washington Huskies, 37 to 34. TCU on the outside looking into the college football playoff, facing Texas. 
big Texas, the Longhorns, who did have three losses, but Texas was still a seven-point favorite. TCU beat them 17-10. to Texas dropping their fourth game of the season. Steve Sarkeesian really facing some heat. Uh, and finally, 12th ranked UCLA lost to unranked Arizona 34-28. to So a couple of uh, big upsets in college football over the weekend. Some scores from the NFL. In the battle of the backups, Cardinals take down the LA Rams 27-17. to Cooper Cup going down with an injury too. You know, I got to think about this. At what point, it looks serious enough that Cup's probably not going to be available next week. At what point do you just tell Cup not to come back? This is kind of a lost season for the Rams. If you don't win that game without him, you might just say, like, just milk it. Yeah, like, I don't... If they lose again, I just don't see a purpose in him coming back. Yeah, I mean, with the Seahawks being as hot as they are. Are they... Well, the Rams in last place right now? Uh, I think after losing to the Cardinals, they are. Let me look at that. Yeah, do a quick look. They are. Yeah. Yeah, Well... Cardinals are now four and six. Like, and the Rams are what three and seven? three and six. Three and six. Yeah, yeah. If they if you lose another one, why bother? Just don't come back, Cooper. You're one and three against the division. Yeah, it's a lot. It really is. It's it's a lost season for the Rams at this point. Um, also, Jeff Saturday got his first win as a head coach. Jeff Saturday is perfect as a head coach. One hundred percent winning percentage. Undefeated. He should just quit now. Dare I say? A much better coach than Josh McDaniels, <laughs> Bill Belichick, Don Shula. Clearly Frank Reich. <laughs> Clearly Jim Irsay knows which yeah. buttons to press and yeah. when. Well, it's because Je- uh, Jeff Saturday doesn't have that fear, <laughs> and he doesn't use those analytics enough. Did you Did you see his his press conference? I mean, I didn't. That was the- one of the greatest rants of all time. I was so about it. I didn't. I was like, good for you, Jeff. I didn't watch like the whole thing. But. Oh, you should watch the Jeff Saturday part. He goes, I've been around this and that, you know, I've, I've done this and that, and you know, I'm not going to back down. And then he goes, and you know, I might come into this and maybe I'm going to find out through eight games I suck. And then I'm just going to say, all right, peace out. <laughs> well, yes, that's what's good about being the interim head coach, I guess. Um, also, in the game in Germany, Tampa Bay took down those Seattle Seahawks right after Pete was talking. Yeah. Seattle loses 21 to 16. Geno Smith looked at. Looked a lot like Geno Smith again. Um, and Tank Bowl. The Detroit Lions took down the Chicago Bears in what was a wild fourth quarter, 31-30. to 30. It was actually a great game. <laughs> I don't know if the whole game was great. Uh, well, I sure, think the, the fourth half. quarter was. The second half. I'll okay. Second half. All right. And in some sad news, one of the most prolific and exciting knockout artists to ever grace the octagon in the UFC. Anthony Rumble Johnson has passed away at age 38 from non-Hopkins lymphoma. Oh, I didn't hear that. That's why he died. Oh, you didn't hear that part? No, I just I just saw the headline that he died. Yeah. I saw 38 and I was like, oh, sh- Yeah, I know. So with that, though, that has been rapid fire news. And let's get into the next topic. The Bills and the Vikings. That was a wild game. What the hell was that fourth quarter? There's so many things to unwrap here about the game itself. I'm going to be controversial. I am sure in this part that I'm going to deliver right now. I have had my small issues with Buffalo all season. But I'm going to say it right here, right now. I'm jumping off the Bills hype train. I'm over it. I'm done. 
I don't think this team can win a Super Bowl. I've seen them now have the same problems multiple times. They have no ability to run the football, especially late in games when they need to nurse away a lead. They let Kirk Cousins back into the game. How is that going to work when you're facing Mahomes or Joe Burrow in the playoffs? Their situational football still remains not very good. They're clearly, the defense is lacking now when the safeties got hurt. And they're just so reliant on Josh Allen for everything. You can't ask your quarterback to have to carry the success of your team every single week, every single drive, every single play. If Allen doesn't play well, they have no ability to win. And he is mistake prone. And we're seeing it more and more now. I got to wonder if a little bit is Brian Dable's no longer in the building. But yeah, as of right now, I'm, I'm off the hype train. I, I don't think the Bills can make a Super Bowl with this team unless something drastically changes. But these are the same kind of problems they had last year. They just seem even worse this year. I'm over it. Not into it. I don't think Buffalo can make the uh, Super Bowl. I, I'm not as I don't think they should be as panicking as much as you. Because from the last few teams we've seen... Well, describe panicking. I still think they're going to win the division and win a playoff game. Well, with the expectations they have coming into this year, they were dubbed yes. like, the Super Bowl champion. Like, you have the expectation at that point, you got to at least make the AFC championship game. At least make the AFC championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, which they didn't even do last year. No. So, But here's the thing. Here's why I said, like, I don't think Brian Dable being gone is that big of a deal. The offense still clicks. Um, sure, maybe it's like the, the situational football is really popping up. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Neam Hines can come in and maybe give a jolt to that run game a little bit. Mm-hmm. But is for the past two, maybe even three years, is this not the exact same Bills team I've seen in November? It seems that way. Mm. Do they not? They're hot. They're coming for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Maybe even beat the Chiefs. And then November, early December comes... I don't know. They suck. Mm. They lose some games they shouldn't. They find themselves now out of maybe the first place spot, which really in danger of giving it back to the Chiefs right now, mm-hmm. um, and then losing that home field, and then you might have to go back to Arrowhead, and then like, all right, again, Bill's business <coughs> as usual once again, but like, there's no reason to panic. You will get to the playoffs. You still should win this division. I don't think Miami, I don't care you're in third place. I don't think Miami's going to hold that. Eventually, two is going to lose. Oh, also, it's not even. It, 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 w- once Miami, you know, plays a game not in 70-degree weather and perfect sunshine, you're going to see this offense doesn't quite function the way it does in, you know, video game perfect condition. Yeah. But also, like, I know they scored 40 points, 39 points yesterday. Yeah. But, like... You know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they weren't quite as explosive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can give them credit. It was more of a whole offense team effort. It was more spread around. That's actually really good for the um, Dolphins. But, you know, the teams are locking down Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle slowly, but we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think the, the Dolphins will hold. No. And you're right. With all that weather stuff coming, like, the second they're cold, they're going to they're gonna shatter. Yeah. Uh, so like, but this is just Bill's business as usual. Mm. Now I do think there is a problem of they put up a stat yesterday during the game of Stefan Diggs had sixty receptions and the rest of the wide receivers had fifty nine on the year. Mm. That's a big problem. 
Mm. I mean, I mean, maybe not a big problem. It's great you have a stud like that in Stefan Diggs, but uh, we've seen how that goes for Green Bay come playoff time. Sure, but you know, Gabe Davis maybe is not as good as they were hoping this year. I know he's had some injury problems as well. I mean, I like Isaiah McKenzie, but he can disappear. Mm-hmm. So this can be the Josh Allen show. Heck, he had two tackles yesterday, even, <laughs> um, which was also his own fault. But at least, you know, he throws the pick and he's like, I'm going to get him, guys. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, almost hurt himself in the process. Uh, which, yeah, by the way, I bet Sean McDermott was watching him do that. Like, no. Well, that's that second one. Like when he came down on the guy, like I thought like he might have almost popped his shoulder. Oh, out. I thought so, too. Uh, just the way he landed and the way he was just laying there. I was like, oh, Josh. Oh, <laughs> Josh. Um because I love Josh Allen. He's so electric to watch. I guess <laughs> I love him. I love him too, but I'm sorry, dude. This inability now for multiple years to run the football. What was that when the Vikings scored, missed the extra point, Buffalo gets the ball back, and they throw it on three straight downs, kill no time, and can't pick up a first down? Well, that's, I mean, that's play calling at that point, you know. Okay, but, 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 it, but it's an organizational problem, and I don't know if it's a philosophy I don't know if it's that they just have no ability to run the football. Maybe it's a mix of both, I'm sure. But it's a problem, dude. And when you're in the playoffs and these games are close, if you have a lead, you have to have the ability to ice a game away. They have no ability to. Here's the thing about that. They could lead by two touchdowns going into the second half, and I have no confidence they can hold it because they can't kill a clock. I think they get in their own way with that a lot. There are times where I've actually seen, like, they're decently moving the ball on the ground, Devin Singletary. So it's a philosophy, maybe. I think they don't have faith in their own running game. Yeah. I think they've literally psyched themselves out of it so much that, like, even when Because, like, Devin Singletary had two rushing touchdowns. I don't, I don't think either. Maybe the first one was from the goal line? The second yeah. one wasn't. No. So, like, there's there's been times where I'm like, all right, they're moving the ball on the ground. I, okay, I but, can't but, believe but, they didn't but, even attempt one rushing t- on that three and out. So they can run the ball in the normal times when teams can't key on it. The problem is, is their running game sure, maybe it only isn't on good scripts. enough to be able to run it when teams know they have to run it. Sure, maybe it's only good on script. And they certainly don't have the but like, the, uh, the confidence in doing it when teams know they have to. But like that's that's all on... I mean, play calling. Maybe it's maybe it is philosophy. Maybe it's no faith. Maybe what ha- what have you? But like, you didn't call a single pl- run play, not one first down. That's what I'm saying. Not one. This like, team. Heck, this team has no no nuance to this team. I would have said they start fast, they get big plays, and they knock teams out. And if they don't knock teams out, they have a major problem. Heck, you could have called three straight QB sneaks, and I would have been like. Killed clock, killed some timeouts. I they they probably didn't want Allen running a ton yesterday. I get it. <laughs> he, I mean, he does it anyway, and then doesn't slide. I know he doesn't <laughs> every time. I know. Um, but like, you know, literally just like take it. Literally, what just the 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 Cowboys did mm-hmm. on the very last play of their season last year. Mm-hmm. Take it and go right up the middle. Yeah, Buffalo, get a yard or two. I don't care. I know just, Buffalo is the anti Patriots. They are the complete opposite of what New England always was. I don't know. They both seem to like to run up scores. Other than that. (laughs) (laughs) But New England was, they didn't usually knock teams out. They had all the nuances. They were situationally amazing. And they didn't jump off the TV screen as explosive. Buffalo's the complete opposite. 
There's no nuance. The situational football is completely lacking, but they jump off a TV screen. They're explosive, and they knock teams out a lot. Yeah. But playoff games, man, they're always close. And I I, I just don't see it. Maybe that is the Bills' philosophy. Like, it's, we just need to keep kicking them while they're down <laughs> because we can't really run clock, so just don't ever let them get up. I mean, it's not a bad way to think if, if you can't fix the aforementioned other issue but like when you play a seven and one team like they're gonna give you a damn good fight just to get up and they did and josh is very mistake prone and then you fumbled it in the end zone <laughs> and josh oh. is very mistake i don't know what he was thinking on that second pick too what oh did, i don't know I what no did idea. he see he threw I, that right to him i yeah i have no idea <laughs> like the yeah the cornerback had posi- our body position on him yeah like it was I have no idea. <laughs> usually, usually I see his picks. And I'm like, all right, he saw a small window there, and he was overconfident because he can throw it through a freaking cement wall. No, like there was literally just. But a, like there was no opening at was, all. There was just a Viking. There. Yeah, there was just a Viking <laughs> just sitting there in zone watching him. Yeah, I, I don't know what he was saw there, but the fumble in the end zone was wild. Yeah, that was. I here's the thing. I didn't. Technically, see it happen because I was like, "All right, game's over," and I started just looking down at my phone, and then the TV was started yelling, and I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> like, what's what, going on? What possibly could have happened?" Um, I want to flip this now to let's talk about the Vikings a little bit. They were my darling. They've done everything I needed of them. The NFC is bad, so maybe they have a chance. I do think they're pretenders, though, a little bit. Um, this defense is not good. Kirk <laughs> has never been great. Maybe it was just because he was on the field with Josh, but I've thought at times Kirk has started to look washed this year a little bit too, like worse than usual. I think the pieces around him are amazing. Justin Jefferson, oh, there were I am times. convinced, is a god. There were several times that he bailed Kirk Cousins out. Yeah. I think the talent around Kirk right now is amazing. I think the coaching is great. I think Kirk has lost even a little bit of what he already was, which is very average. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be really, really a problem come playoff time with a defense that's not that good. The thing about that, though, is like, I mean, you've seen it. You've seen those videos. Mm-hmm. Chains. Bro, they love him. I know. It's like it's like Jimmy G in uh, San Fran. Like, like that's doesn't matter how good or bad he is. Like, that's their guy. That's who they want to play with. That's who they want throwing I would them take, the ball. I think I'd take Jimmy over Kirk. I mean, talent-wise, probably. I think I think Jimmy has got a significantly better arm than what I see out of Kirk now. I still think Kirk's kind of like situationally. Jimmy can do some dumb stuff. That's true. Yeah. Um, Kirk only does dumb stuff on primetime games. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You're right. You're right. So if they make the playoffs, what? make it the early game. If you're the Vikings, you got to pray it's the early game. Oh, what's that Barstool gave of Kirk Cousins a nickname recently? Oh, the Noon Nightmare. The Noon Nightmare. <laughs> uh, Something uh, some like that. It might not be specifically. But, like, yeah, like, <laughs> 1 o'clock Kirk Cousins is is an, is an a... Is a baller. He's, he's a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what do you think here in Minnesota uh, in the NFC? Am no, I just, am I am I wrong? Here's the thing, like you see an eight and one record, it's like, oh damn good team right there. Yeah. But like there are times 
they uh, Dalvin Cook has trouble running the ball. He's mm. supposed to be really great. Kirk Cousins like is always just a limitation. Mm. I mean, Thielen's not even been that great this year. No. Um, but sure, Justin Jefferson, like, dude, the strength on that catch <laughs> I know. was insane. That's not nice. even. I'm not Jefferson's even, a god. <laughs> I'm not even talking about like just to get it away from the defender when it was up in the air. Yeah. But going to the ground, <laughs> and the fact that that ball didn't move hit the ground <laughs> at any point was insane to me. That that is one of the greatest catches I've ever seen. Yeah. That was insane. And earlier in the game, Stefan Diggs made an incredible catch on a ball Josh Allen overthrew. Yeah, and I saw that. Justin Jefferson was like, I'm going to top that in every way, shape, or form. I know. Um, he might be the best wide receiver in football. Um, uh, It's hard to say. I know. I mean, that's always hard to say, to pick, like, who's the best at every position, mm-hmm. um, except Tom Brady. Like, that one's obvious. Um, but, like... If it wasn't Kirk Cousins throwing him the ball, like I wonder, like would it even be a question? I know, possibly. I I don't think so from what I've seen. Um, but back on the Vikings, what do you think? I do look at them and be like, this team's kind of a pretender here. Yeah, like you don't you don't wow me. No, in any way, shape, or form, other than Justin Jefferson. You you wow me with specific names and yes. splash plays. Yeah, but as a totality for the game, the defense is not good especially on the back end. The secondary is not. And the quarterback is l- limited. I think they're actually also very well coached. I think they... Um, oh, you do think? I thought you said you yes. don't. I was like, I no. think they're really well coached. No, I think they are. Oh, okay. I think the coaching has bailed them out of several situations. Oh, okay. Actually, including yesterday's game. Mm-hmm. I know you got luck with the fumble, but like the fact that like that game was over. Mm-hmm. But like you were in there to get that fumble. Yeah. Like... That's your that's your coach on the sideline being like, guys, anything can happen. Yes. No, I get you. But uh but you know, it does come back to the NFC is is weak. So yeah. who knows? Uh would would Vikings Eagles be interesting? Yes. In an NFC championship? I know it was a blowout, but it was week two. We didn't know how great Jalen was going to be yet or what the offense would completely look like now or the steps they'd take. It was right after the Vikings big game against Green Bay the week before. Also, Kirk with a new offense, new coaching. Like, I th- I think that game was an outlier. And if you go back and watch the first half, the Vikings had a couple of big drops that would have made it a different game. Mm. So okay. I think if they meet again, it's a very different game. Now, I'm not saying the Vikings win, but it's a very different game. Okay. Yeah. All right. So with that, we are going to take a quick break, and then we'll talk about some MLB off-seasons. You know, there's some big free agent names this year, and we'll hand out our hardware for last MLB season, who we think should win the big awards. Stick with us, guys. Welcome back in. 
to slow your roll. We are moving on to some baseball talk, the MLB offseason. Jesse, get us started here. Thank you. So, I mean, last year's offseason was, I mean, nothing happened. No. Is we had the Trevor Story signing at the very end. I was like, oh, okay, cool. But that that kind of meant. Well, we had Scherzer too. Oh, you mean for the Sox? The yeah, Sox. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sox, specifically the Red Sox. Okay. Sorry. Uh, we uh, got Rich Hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. They were they were throwing a parade we on Lansdowne Street. Walker really worked out. I like Walker. Yeah, yeah. I hope they bring him back. Actually, when he when he you know the we three need, months he pitched, we need more than Walker. <laughs> but I'd like Walker to come back. So, but like. Think of that again. Expect that again. <laughs> you Red Sox fans, don't expect... I don't care that they're selling, that the Fenway Sports Group is selling mm. their big $4 billion soccer team. Mm-hmm. That'll be sold in about five years. Mm. And then we'll sign the start of the next generation's talent. Maybe then we'll start throwing around money. Maybe John Henry will... Never mind. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> um, we'll have sold his portion of it by then. Let's go with that. Um, so... Don't expect Xander Bogarts to come back. I have heard they are pursuing Nathan Eovaldi hard. Which I don't get because I kind of don't want him. You don't? No. Here's the thing. When you say pursuing hard, then I'm like, all right, let's not overpay here. But I, <laughs> yeah. would, I, would, I would like to see him back. If you can make him your, your third guy, mm. that'd be great. Mm. If you could bring in like, heck, I don't need a DeGrom. I don't want a DeGrom. Yeah. Because that's two months of, I mean, A stuff, mm-hmm. but it's only two months. Um, but like, bring in a couple guys, and you can find to bring in Evaldi back. Mm. But, like, Xander Bogarts is gone. That's going to be business as usual. I want J.D. Martinez to be gone. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your service. Thanks mm. for the ring. But, I mean, last year, like, I know he hit well, but the power is clearly shot. And, yeah, it, and that's, that's a tell. When someone's at that age, if the power is gone, that's not a aberration. That's not a one season thing. That's that's a tell. Yeah, and like that's great that he kind of reinvented himself to be a average hitter. Mm-hmm. But like, you're so slow, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're not going to be worth anything in the field. Like you're just sorry, JD. You limit what they can do. Yes, basically. Yeah, that's, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that's a good way to put it. I don't. There's going to be these, like, oh, that's a name. I think you you said it before. You texted me before the show. Mm. I think Dansby Swanson is probably a guy they might bring in for the infield. Uh-huh. And I like him, certainly, in mm. the infield. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's just so, like, just pay Xander Bogarts, bro. Mm. Like, I hate this team, but I love this team. Mm. Just pay Xander Bogarts. So, yeah, like, except the reports are it's going to be somewhere in the $185 million to $215 million range for six years. Well, just pay that. No, <laughs> I front load the hell. I, I will be. I will be anti this. I will get everyone in Boston mad at me. I am not for paying Xander Bogarts. Great season. You're amazing. But one of the best shortstops in the game. You're over thirty years old. I'm not interested in paying you a six year contract worth two hundred million dollars. Not into it. Mm. Well, what else? Sign Raffy. Well, get he, that done. He gave him a deadline. Who Raffy? Yeah, he said opening day. No, after, I know. After that, I'm not going to talk to you. And get that done. Get that one done. Pay him. He's in his prime. I, 30-year-old, there's so many f- spots to fill on this team, particularly pitching. No. Dom, you're right. It's <laughs> not a headphone day. <laughs> um, uh, and also, 
any any bullpen arm. Yeah. Hey, please. <laughs> Anybody. Well, I, 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 I would think they might bring back Adam Adovito. Mm. Yeah. I like that. I've I, heard, I wish he did go. That. I know. I've heard that one uh, thrown around quite a bit. Although I wouldn't be surprised if Adam doesn't want to come back. He he took some subtle, not like def, like hardcore, but like there was some subtle shots mm. at like the way the Red Sox kind of was running things okay. that he didn't like. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, no thanks. No, I get you. I get you. He um, seems to like New York. True. Uh, what do you think is I I got I got my list right here. I I think I have some ideas of what the Sox are going to do. What do you think, though? Some guys here on the free agency that you think the Sox could target. I think the best you're ever going to get in terms of a starter. Mm-hmm. I was, I looked at like when I was looking at the list, I was like, and Carlos Rodon might be a decent arm that the Red Sox might be willing to spend for because mm. I don't. He won't be hugely expensive. Um, and like you know that 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 would make me pretty happy actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a I have a prediction on Rodon. You do. That's okay. very different than everybody else. Okay. Keep your eye on this. Get, let me see if you can think about it. You think he's going to go back to San no, Fran? No, no, he's not going back to San yeah, Fran. That would think of an ascending team that hasn't spent money in a while. See if you can guess. He hasn't spent money in a while. Ascending though. Uh, diamond bad? No, not bad though. Because I mean, that's that's your that's your no, baby. but not them. They're they were better than Arizona last year. Okay, AL AL or NL? AL. Hmm. Oh, do they have the same color scheme as what he just wore when the Giants? Oh yeah, they do. The Orioles. Yep, exactly. I I really think Rodon's going to go to Baltimore. I can see that. I think Baltimore. They've they've talked about how well, they're, they, they're going to make a splash. Yeah. It's particularly pitching that they would have to do. He's got a great track record already pitching in the American League. I think Rodon goes to the Orioles. I, I you know what? I like that for them. Yeah, I really would. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. I, actually, you know what? I I didn't think much of the Orioles when I was looking at a couple of these teams. Like now, I'm like, all right. Mm. Look at my list real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to the Sox. I, I like that. Thank you. Might not happen, but I, I I think Baltimore will be in play no matter what you hear. Right now, a lot of people are leaning Mets or Dodgers. Well, I the think Dodgers you, are in on. I think you got to keep your eye on Baltimore. You could put any any player here on the Dodgers. I know, I know. Um, what do you have though for lists here for the Sox? I know they want another outfielder as well. Obviously, they need pitching. Mm. I I I put Carlos Rodon for their pitcher. I know you did. I have. I think they're going to bring in Dansby Swanson as another player. I think. Mm-hmm. I I haven't picked. I had like on the uh, the outfield list. I didn't. I mean, I'm, listen. I'm sure they're bringing somebody, but like I didn't see anyone like <coughs> on like the big top list that I was like, all right, that, uh-huh. that screams Red Sox to me. So I I don't have an outfielder right now. Okay. Um, I'll go through what I have here for the Sox. Uh, outfield wise, I have Mitch Haniger at the top of my list. Right-handed bat since Verdugo's left-handed adds some pop. Um, he can DH as well. He's an impact bat who will be on the cheaper side because of the injury history. Mm. I think he makes sense in Boston. I think he's got a good swing for Fenway. I think they'll be in on him. Um, if they want to address uh, somewhere else or a utility kind of guy, Matt Duffy, I've heard his name thrown around a lot. 
you think they're going to make a, a few bigger splashes than I think. I think I like your thing with Dansby. I think there's a chance of that. I still don't think it'll happen, but there is a chance. Um, I think if they make a big move, if there's a big name that comes here, I think it's Jose Abreu because Boston has had their eye on him for years now. Yes, he'll be a little bit expensive, but it won't be a long-term thing because of his age and the fact that he pretty much will predominantly have the DH, but they need a middle-of-the-order power DH bat to replace what JD was the past couple of seasons. And like I said... They have had, they have liked Abreu for years and tried to get him. So I, I do think if there's a big name that comes here to Boston, I think it's Jose Abreu. Okay. Yeah, you no, know, you're right. They always seem to be like, anytime Jose Abreu's name comes up, they mm-hmm. seem to be like, hey, the Red Sox are interested. Mm-hmm. And I do want to clarify, like, I don't think, I don't think the Red Sox will bring in both Tansby no, I, and I Rodon. Figured, I, figured I just think don't. those are probably guys that they will okay. be in, heavily interested in. Um, there is a name that I think they will bring in. I think Danny Duffy comes here for pitching-wise. I think with Bloom in the front office, they will have the same approach pitching-wise that they usually have. Multiple guys, you know, spray shot shotgun. Some of them will hit. I like Duffy because he's left-handed. The stuff has always been there on the upside, and he had some good stretches last year before he got hurt. Um, Taiwan Walker is another one that I threw out there, and Mike Clevenger um, as well. And I think they'll keep Walker. Okay. But I think they definitely address the outfield position and obviously pitching-wise. We'll see if they actually address the DH spot specifically or not. Um, I couldn't really think of a a ton of other bats uh, other than the ones I mentioned. But keep your eye on Mitch Hanniger and Jose Abreu. Potentially one of them could come to Boston. Okay. I think. And I I just, I really think Danny Duffy is going to come here. Okay. Now you have to be a baseball fan to know about that one, but. Is it like something you've heard in the grapevine? Or you just like I you just feel this in your heart. Usually, grapevine won't you won't hear that with someone with that low key of a name. While all these big names are out there, I just think it it goes with what their mo has been the last couple of years. Okay. And you're probably losing Rich Hill, so if you keep Waka, Waka's right handed, so you still need a lefty. So I think Danny makes sense. Rich, <laughs> you don't need to play anymore. <laughs> you, you don't need to. I know. It's fine. You've, you've had a long, pretty successful career. I know, right? It's okay. All right. So now let's move on. Uh, unless, do you have anything to say about some of the names I threw out here? Uh, no, no, I like a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I don't see them bringing in Jose Abreu just because he might be expensive too expensive in the free agent market. Yes. Um. So. That's my problem with that one. But sure, like some of those... The thing like with the Braves... Clevengers, they like bringing in former names that are now cheap. Yes. They kind of have a little bit of that Rockies philosophy going on mm-hmm. of like, that's a name. I But I think Abreu could end up not being as expensive as you might think because there's so many bats on the market right now. Hmm. And because Abreu is older and doesn't play a position. When you have Correa, Bogarts, Turner, and Judge all on the market, like... I am sure. Okay. A lot of teams would have spent big money already. Okay. That's why I think Jose could come here. Um, but let's move on. Let's move on to those big names. Let's get this started. Aaron Judge. Give me your educated guess where he's going. I think he's staying in New York. I do too. I, I just I think they'll be outside Cashman's office with pitchforks and, and torches if they allowed him to go. Yes, and I I, I also kind of think I just kind of 
settled into this idea of like I, I really think Aaron Judge has been playing this up a lot mm-hmm. throughout this year. He probably doesn't really want to leave New York. I'm sure he's very frustrated with them, but he probably would like to be a Yankee for life. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, all right, if I'm going to be frustrated and stay here, just give me a boatload of cash. And I think he played that up a lot this year. Just to get more money? Yeah. Ah, uh, He might have. He might have. And it just makes sense. I mean, he's he's the modern-day big Babe Ruth and, and one of the biggest names in baseball, and he's big and he's marketable, and why not just stay in New York with the damn pinstripes? And, and the Yankees, as old as it is and as much as it doesn't really work anymore, they still like to look at themselves as the Bronx Bombers, the evil empire, mm-hmm. where they just go out and they spend the most money and bring in the best talent mm-hmm. and never let those guys go once they're here. Yeah. I can't, at this point, I can't see Judge leaving. All right, next one. I'll let you answer it because everybody knows mine already because I already said it. Carlos Rodon. Uh, well, here's the thing. Now you really got me like, oh, I, really, I really do like that Orioles idea. Yeah. I think that would be, that could be pretty perfect for them. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, that won't be massively expensive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, I mean, you got to be desperate for pitching at this yeah. point. Like you got a decent team in the field already. So mm-hmm. throw a bunch of money there and get, a, get an ace, get a couple other guys here and there. Yeah. So I, you know what? I'll ch- I'll go from Red Sox to uh-huh. Baltimore. Oreo. I do have one other I threw on here, and that is the Rangers. I don't think that the Rangers. I have someone else going to the Rangers. Oh, do you? Okay. We'll see where we go. But anyway, the Rangers, um, they spent a lot of money last year. It didn't work. I don't think they're suddenly going to want to just give that up and bail on it now. Uh, the pitching is definitely a thing that needs to be addressed. And Rodon won't be top dollar like DeGrom or Scherzer was last year. So I think Rodon would make sense for the Rangers as well. Uh, next one, Jacob DeGrom. Jesse, what do you think? Texas Rangers. Really? Uh, based on they, I, they spent a lot of money last year. Uh-huh. You know, it makes me think you could spend less money this year. But, man, do they need pitching. And I've heard DeGrom wants to go to Texas. Really? The state of Texas in some shape, way, shape, or form. Texas Rangers love to throw big amounts of money at big names. Mm. Seems like a match made in heaven. All right. I got a different one. The Atlanta Braves. Okay. Atlanta has a lot of cheap young players, especially in the lineup. I don't think they have much of a problem there. Uh, uh, Ozzy will come back. And they have very good pitching, but they do have some pitching that is young and also sometimes not reliable. Um, yes, DeGrom gets hurt. I think that they'll be okay with that because they feel they'll have the depth to survive that. They want him when the games are big. They really, really hurt them when Spencer Strider went down uh, later in the season. I know he came back for the playoff game. He got rocked, and he clearly was rusty. And take him away from the division rival. And I know Atlanta doesn't like the Mets. The, even like up in the front office, they don't like the Mets. So, Do you think DeGrom would do that to the Mets? Though? I think he would. You think he would? I think he would. As long as he's as long as the money's right, back in the south. I don't know if Georgia is the same as Texas and no state income tax. I don't know. It wouldn't I don't sh- think I, I don't think they do. It wouldn't shock me if they're also like that too. So like that makes sense as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't have a state income tax. DeGrom will be familiar with the division. Yeah. I I think Atlanta doesn't. I I don't mind yours Texas though. It makes sense. It makes sense. Um I I I I have Atlanta spending money elsewhere. Okay. Okay. Uh, next one, Trey Turner. 
I'll start this one. I got the Cardinals. Some money coming off the books. Uh, they'd like to add a, probably another sort of dynamic player. They did need to address the middle in, the middle infield. There were rumors that they could try and trade for Xander last year during the season. Um, Trey's a proven winner. Trey's, Trey's like what comes to your mind with just when you think ball player. I mean, he does the smart things. He's a five-tool guy. And he's not an overly me guy either. Uh, not a huge talker. I think he makes sense. I think he's a cardinal. He, he looks like a cardinal. He plays like a cardinal. I can see that classic American ball play. Yeah, just good old boy right there. Good old, old American boy. boy right there. Yeah. I. This is where I have Atlanta Braves spending their money. Really, Trey Turner. Okay. I because when I look, I don't think they would like to spend huge amounts of money mm-hmm. at the shortstop position right now. Mm-hmm. But when I looked at like the list of shortstops, I, I thought Xander Bogarts could be a good fit for Atlanta. Uh-huh. But I have him going somewhere else, and I don't see Atlanta bringing in a guy like Carlos Correa. I don't think they want him. No, I don't think so. Amongst either. their their guys, and I kind of think, all right, if you don't bring back Dansby and you want to up, really upgrade there, and Trey Turner. Okay. Trey Turner. No, I, I I agree there. I I don't think that's a bad one. I think that's interesting. Um, next one, Xander Bogarts. I got him going to Philly. I've heard nothing about this. Philly. Dombrowski knows him. They're familiar with each other. It's still Northeast if he wants to stay in that area because he's familiar with it. They're all in after losing in the World Series. They felt like they didn't have enough offense, particularly uh, overly home run reliant was the Phillies, and it seemed like it bit them in the World Series. I think Xander's a total fit here. Of all, yes. <laughs> of, of all these, like these are us... You, everyone can be massively wrong. I mean, when you read these columns, they all have five or six different teams. Yeah. But I really feel confident about this one. I really think Xander is going to end up going to Philly. I mean, he's going to be a Red Sox, but if not, <laughs> I no, I like I have him going to Philadelphia. Uh, okay, um, it's not literally everything you just said. Next one, Jose Abreu. You already said I've thrown Boston in the mix. I'll throw another one here in the mix: the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, they're financially not usually in a place to spend huge money, but they won't have to with Abreu because, like I said, even if you pay him a lot yearly, it'll only be for a short amount of time. They are desperate for an impact bat. They need one so bad. Um, a nice professional hitter like Jose, uh, power, really plays up in that ballpark as well. So I think Jose Abreu would make a lot of sense for Milwaukee. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Where do you have him going? Miami Marlins. Ooh, interesting. Because they just lost Aguilar. Okay. That could be a good bat to replace him. Maybe they'll spend money this time. I mean, I've heard some rumors that Miami could be prepared to spend money now this year. They have to, they have to fig, like, figure that out at this point, right? I know. Yeah. Maybe buy a bat here or there. You got the pitching. Like, let's, let's work with that. Yeah. They should have last year, but whatever. I like that. That's interesting. I thought, like, you know, he... He's just Aguilar and Jose Abreu. They kind of just remind me of each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Big first baseman. I mean, Jose is a much better hitter than Jesus, but yes. Well, sure for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last one, Carlos Correa. Where do you have him going? Uh, this is where I put him on the Cardinals. Really? Because I, I was like, I when I was like, all right, he's a toxic player. I don't know if he'll go to the Cardinals. But like, you brought in Arenado at third. Uh-huh. He was toxic, but he's been nothing but a model citizen, mm-hmm. at least as far as I've heard since. Mm-hmm. So, like, why not? Okay. I have him going to the Dodgers. Uh, you know what? I didn't think much of the Dodgers, actually. Really? I just didn't. I, I was like, you know what? I, I just 
saw these people going on the I think he's a big, sexy name, playoff experience. He's won a World Series. Astro, though. That is true. But how how much of that team is still there? I mean, Justin Turner is likely not coming back either, so... Kershaw's a free agent. Let's see if he retires they, or not. They signed Kershaw to a one-year deal. Oh, they did? I didn't see that. Yeah. I don't know. I just think he makes sense. Uh, I Sure. I, I don't see him being and... a Cardinal for some of the reasons that you said. I think the Phillies want Xander um, for his contact and all that kind of stuff. So that just leaves the Dodgers. And I, I think he makes sense for them. So who's going to be the brave shortstop to you? They'll they'll look within the organization. Okay. Sure. I think I think they'll look within the organization. The other one I did have for Carlos Correa is the Brewers. In case they don't get a Brayu, he makes sense also as a power impact bat, middle of the lineup, playoff experience for a team that also, as we already know, desperately needs it. There's no way he'll sign there long term, though. I mean, he might do what he just did, which is like yeah, that's probably what give, I think. Pay me did. a lot of money for a short amount of time. That's, I could see him. Doing Although that. Carlos, to me, feels like the kind of guy who doesn't care where he goes as long as he's getting paid. Yeah, but you know that the Brewers can't pay you for a very long time. Mm, they'll try to and then trade you. I guess <laughs> we'll see. But that's what we have going for the MLB off season. Some big names. We'll see how these goes. I'm sure we'll be wildly wrong on most <laughs> of them because this is all a crapshoot. But I will put my name behind the Phillies and Xander. Some of them I do feel actually pretty good about. Oh, I do too. I feel really good about Xander in Philadelphia. And maybe if I get Degrom wrong on the Rangers, people were saying the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if I can't see Houston spending the money though, because well, they the don't thing, need like, to. I, I didn't really see Houston much either because mm-hmm. like they don't. They should probably maybe bring in. Oh, actually, are they losing any pitches? Oh, they lost Verlander. That was yeah. they lost Verlander. Yeah. Um. You know, bring in maybe one, but like they could bring so Verlander back. Look, they're so good at looking in their system. No, I know. It's ridiculous. No, I know. Uh, they could bring Verlander back if they wanted. I'm sure they could, but unless like, he retires, he's forty. Unless he retires, just just bring in a just bring in a kid. I'm sure they could find someone and he'll be just great. Oh no, I know. I mean, them the Brewer, uh, them the. Guardians and the Rays. I mean, just endless amounts of pitching within the organization. Um, all right. So it's award week for baseball. Let's hand out what we think these award winners should be. Let's start with the big one, the MVP award um, in the American League. Where are you going? Going to New York. Ah, I thought you were going to be a salty Sox fan and not do it. No, I mean, come on. Like, no, I know. He had 62 home runs. He yeah. batted 311 with 131 He RBIs. was their offense for two months. He was a couple average points away from winning the Triple Crown. So, <coughs> yeah. Like, come on. I don't think there's much argument on that one. I mean, I thought about Otani for a little bit because, like, he's still, like, all right, he's producing on both sides. Like, that's just going to get you some votes. But I'm like, come on. Aaron Judge had 62 home runs. No, I know. I agree. Um, AL Cy Young Award winner. Oh, we're going to do it like this? Okay. Yeah. Justin Verlander? Uh, same. I, mean, I figured the first two we're not going to disagree much on. I, that makes... I, I Probably AL Rookie of the Year we're going to have the same number two, right? Yeah. The American League, I think, is, is pretty obvious. Um, you go and Justin Verlander, I have to back it. I can't see anybody else. Yes, Dylan Cease was amazing. Great strikeout numbers. Verlander's numbers is sick. His ERA is sick. It's absurd. Um, and, like, I know we're not supposed to take age into account with, like, these awards, but, like, 
he's 39, 40 years old and doing this. Like, that's, no, I know. That's almost like, that's that takes it to another level. Mm-hmm. I know, right? Um, Just off another Tommy John surgery, too. Yeah. The American League Rookie of the Year, obvious. It's Julio Rodriguez. Uh, Stephen Kwan, great season. You did great for Cleveland. Yeah. Rodriguez is a middle of the lineup. Power slugging bat already as a rookie in his first season. 2020 guy. For a team that also made the playoffs for the first time in a while, it's Julio. It has to be Julio. Next one, the American League Manager of the Year. Terry Francona. Ah, I thought so too. Did we pick the same thing for American League? Yeah, okay. but I, you could make the argument for the Orioles one. I, that's, that was, I thought about it, but I was like, ah. But the Guardians Terry. winning the division, overtaking, you know, we thought would be the juggernaut White Sox. I, you know, at times I, I couldn't understand how they were doing it, though I did like the pitching. But it's got to be Terry. Yeah. But you could but make the argument for Seattle's guy, too. Well, here's the thing. It's more than just like they were counted out and were the underdogs amongst the league. Mm-hmm. Their own city rejected them for a while. Yes. Like, no one cared. No one wanted to show up. Uh-huh. Even when they were good, people, like, weren't really showing up because, like, they didn't like the name, the name change. No, I know. So, like... That that's not really people don't think of that as a big deal, mm-hmm. but playing in a place where no one gives a damn, mm-hmm. it, it can make the players not give a damn either. Yeah, there's an apathy just around yeah. around the per, the building, you know. Yeah, yeah. But Terry's like, we're just gonna play, man. We're gonna play our game. Mm-hmm. We are gonna play the Guardians game. As stupid as that sounds, I know. But you could you could make the argument for the Orioles one, and you can make the argument for Scott Service uh, for the man, uh, Seattle. Yeah, no, I, I really... And do. I kind of think I would give it to Terry. I think Scott's going to win it, though, actually. I think the Seattle manager no, wins it. I could see all three of them winning it. Mm-hmm. There's a strong case for all of them. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I just look at, like, all... Just where the Guardians ended up, uh-huh. it's just, like, you had no business being here. Like, we at least expected... expected. I mean, me certainly expected Seattle to take the next step. I picked them as the division winner to start the year, mm-hmm. which was foolish, I know. The Astros were the greatest team ever, <laughs> I guess. Um, but like they were supposed to take that step forward. They were supposed to at least compete for a wild card, maybe be in the playoffs. So he kind of hit expectations, uh-huh. which is why I that you was, don't want to give it to him. I get you. Which is that, well, that's why I had him third. Yeah, but, like the Orioles, like I mean, that shouldn't have happened. I uh, know, I know. But like at the same time, like the Guardians, that really the Guardians have finished it off and made Never the playoffs. Yeah. All right, moving on to the National League. Who, uh, let's start with the MVP, National League. I'm going to go Paul Goldschmidt. I knew you were. Of course. But it's not just that. He was the best player. He was in a triple crown running for a long time in the National League. He was great almost all season. He kind of carried the Cardinal offense for a while. It's unfortunate that he kind of got cold the last three weeks of the season. But he was the mark of consistency. And like I said, he was kind of the engine that was running that offense for a while, especially when they started their comeback to overtake the division. It's Paul Goldschmidt, outstanding defender as well. Great guy. <laughs> it's Paulie. America's first baseman, Paul Goldschmidt. Oh. I, you're going to say Machado, aren't like you? Manny Machado. Oh, <laughs> screw you. Goldschmidt's numbers are better than Manny's. Uh, not his war, though. Oh, shut up. Highest war in the National League, 7.4, among offensive players. Hmm. Still batted 298. He had 32 home runs. Carried the offense for the Padres for a while as well. Mm. Carried them further in the playoffs, too. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Manu Machado. Great third baseman as well. I thought you were going to say great human being, too. <laughs> I was going to say, what are you smoking? 
I mean, he's cleaned up his act a bit. Nah, it's got to be America's first baseman. <laughs> Manny Machado wasn't even the best third Bobby baseman. Dalbeck? <laughs> Manny Machado wasn't even the best third baseman in the National League. Oh, and Arenado? Nolan Arenado's better. I wasn't picking a Cardinal. <laughs> <laughs> I know you hate the Cardinals. For I don't hate the Cardinals. They're just boring. Nah, it's Goldschmidt's time. He's and been I was he's been robbed of an MVP. I was never going to pick Goldschmidt. <laughs> <laughs> he was robbed of an MVP twice. Oh, come on. That second one, like, was it John Carlos Stanton? No, the year that he was having the best season, actually, and then he uh, got hit on the hand late in the year. Uh, I think it was the end of August and broke his hand. He was out for the rest of the year. Was that the year John Carlos Stanton won, though? No, I don't think so. I forget who won that year. Okay. But it was, I think, only a year or two after he missed out on the McCutcheon one, which was garbage. That was 2013. Yeah. I know that because your brother changed his name in fantasy. Yes. <laughs> My brother on the fantasy thing is just great now. I mean, he's just changing his name now to troll whoever he's playing. I I don't know when I play him. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to say about you. I, his thing, playoffs are coming soon. He should name his team Peak Too Early. <laughs> what? I mean, you were in first place for a little while. For yeah, the first th- four. No, I think th- no. Yeah, I won the first three weeks, and then yeah, it doesn't. We're not. I know. I I I was just thought of it. All right, <laughs> Goldschmidt, America's first baseman, your National League MVP. Manny Machado. No. Manny's an asshole. That's <laughs> fine. All right, next one. National League Cy Young. I am going to be mad if you argue with me on this one. We pick the same thing. I hope so, because it's Sandy Alcantara. It has to be. I don't want to hear it. Urias' numbers are better. Uh, Urias' numbers are better. Yeah, because Urias throws five innings. Sandy throws eight. And Sandy knows when he's pitching, if he gives up one run, he's probably going to lose. <laughs> so, Alcantara was a workhorse. Alcantara threw more complete games Six. than like half of, half of the teams, I think, in baseball. Yeah, I have it. Six complete games, 228 and two-thirds innings. Yeah. There's nobody like Sandy Alcantara in the game of baseball today. No one else like him throwing, like I said, almost three innings more on average per game than the next guy that you would put up against him for the Cy Young, which would be Urias. He's the best in the business. In a time when players are doing everything they can not to hit the ball on the ground, he makes everyone hit the ball on the ground anyway. So Sandy Alcantara deserves to be the Cy Young winner, and if they had a if they had a, an award for Cy Young pitcher in all of the league, I think he'd be it this year. Really? Yeah, Justin even Verlander over even over. Year, Ver- right? I know, but Verlander again. Sandy throws way more innings. I guess. Sure. Yeah. I mean, did Verlander at least have a pitch count when he started the year? What? Did Verlander at least have like a pitch count when he started the year? Yeah. So there's that. But like I said, more complete games than literally almost every team in baseball. Can I give a fun stat about him? Yeah. I said like the 228 and two-thirds innings pitched. Mm-hmm. His ERA is 2.28. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Which is also outstanding. <laughs> that is outstanding. When, especially when you pitch over 200 innings. Yeah. Like that's... And You think a, like you're just going to fall off and your ERA is going to not explode, but at least go up to maybe three at that point. Yeah. No. No. He was sensational pitching eight and nine innings. I mean, if you take his, if you take his games... His innings pitched and divided by the starts he made, it's nearly eight, which is amazing. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, very bullish. Especially in this day and age. Oh, yeah. If you can't tell, I'm very bullish on Sandy Alcantara. <laughs> <laughs> 
but you should watch him pitch sometime, guys. There's, like I said, there's nothing like him in baseball right now. All right, next one. Matt Marlins are never on TV. That's who. Rookie of the year in the National League. Jesse, who are you going with? I have Spencer Strider. You do? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. When I just looked at them, it's just like, it's hard to compare pitchers to um, position uh, players, position players um, stat-wise. But, like, when I just looked at Spencer Strider, like, you know, 2.67 ERA, that's really great. Mm-hmm. Over 200 strikeouts. But it's also the fact that he was a, uh, he came out of the bullpen at times. Mm-hmm. And he was just kind of, bro, whatever you need me to pitch, mm-hmm. um, I'll just pitch mm-hmm. type of guy. And, like, pitchers can't do that anymore either. Mm-hmm. But you're like, I, I'm a starter. I can't come in in the middle of an inning. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't come in in the middle of a game. It's just not possible. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, it, some guys is like, hey, we're going to have a bullpen game. Can you start? Can you pitch the first inning? Mm. But I don't know. Those lights are too bright for me for some reason. Mm. Spencer Strider's like, eh, just put me in the game. I'll pitch, bro. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like it too, um, but I did go with Michael Harris. Mostly because I was leading Strider most of the year. But then we got when he got hurt to end the year and missed the amount of time that he did at the end, yes, yeah. Michael Harris was consistent all year long. No matter where he batted in the lineup, he was one of the best offensive players in the National League in general for most of the season. So I had to, at the end of the day, go with Harris. I don't think Strider is a bad choice at all. And I think it's very likely that the voters could still give it to Strider. But he's a, he's a finalist. with him missing the final couple of weeks, I ended up, that was what bumped it to me to, to give it to Harris. Sure. I mean, Because Harris had been there and done it all season long. That does play a factor a lot. I do think they give a little more leeway to pitchers. Oh, they do. Definitely. Because, like, all right, you're only playing... I mean, especially if you're a starter, you're only playing once every five days anyway. Yeah, no, I get you. All right, so lastly, National League Manager of the Year. I don't think this was as great a candidate as in the American League. No. But I went with Brian Snicker. Same. Really? Same. Oh, wow. Well, when I looked at the, I didn't actually remember the other two right now, but when I just looked at them, I'm just like... Cause they, were, right. like, they, was, they went uh, with the Mets one and yeah, Buck, Show Show, Walter Buck Show Walter, Dave Roberts. Oh, yeah, I'm never picking <laughs> I don't care he won 190 games, whatever the hell they won this year. Like, yeah. I know they, we don't count playoffs. That doesn't matter. Yeah. But, like, come on. We know this guy isn't a good manager. Yeah. We know that. You can't manage in the big games. And we all know that he had the best team By far. for a regular season. Bro, yeah. he had MVPs on the bench. I yeah. know Bellinger sucks now, but he has an MVP on the bench. Yes. Like, on paper, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, when I just looked at it, I'm like, hey, listen. It's easy for a championship team to get uh, complacent. Yeah. And they came back. I, they had a tough start. They had some injury problems, but they just steamrolled in every big game, every time they needed to. Especially, it didn't matter that they had hadn't had a great showing against the Mets for most of the regular season. Once it came down to it in the big moment, they swept them. No, that's they took care of business. That's literally why I picked him. No, I did I was, too. I was going to pick Buck Show Walter. I'm like, uh, the Mets kind of little played a little better than they should. Uh-huh. And I wanted to pick Buck Show Walter for that. But I was just like, that series at the end, man. I know. And the fact that the Braves, as you said, started bad. They knew they would make the playoffs. But the Mets were just off and running. It would have been easy to just be like, ah, the Mets division <laughs> this year. But, uh, I mean, he had them just firing on all cylinders. And no matter what the deficit was, they just kept winning games, winning games, winning games, and, and closing that margin with New York. Yeah. So, And they had they had their share of problems. I mean, you, you lost Freeman. 
Uh, Aussie Albies, a major part of your lineup, really didn't play most of the season. You thought you, you were going to get him back. You thought it was going to be a great shot of energy, and then you ended up losing him again right after that. So they had to deal with some adversity, too. Yeah. 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 All right. So that has been... We well, agree with pretty much everything. I know. We kind of did, which is unfortunate. But eh, it is what it is. That was the hardware for the MLB season. And on to the next thing, Jesse, get ready. Okay. Get the video ready. So, you know, there was the Trey Lance situation in the Niners. They just beat the Chargers. There were rumors and talks that Jimmy G could even get an extension after the year. Before we go into the segment, which is who would you rather, let's just talk about the Niners. Do you think that they'll give that extension? Would you give that extension? I mean, obviously the numbers have to be right, but... It's interesting considering how salty the relationship looked like it got before the year. Jimmy G didn't even have a playbook, and now all of a sudden it's just, ah, we'll pay you. <laughs> well, you know, from Jimmy G's standpoint, you know, you probably shouldn't hold that much animosity because, like, I feel like you'll get your biggest payday mm. maybe from San Fran. Oh, definitely. I feel like you know, a lot of teams are like, all right, they'll, they might be happy to have you based on where they are right now, but, mm. like, like you're not, you're not the. If you're on the free agent market, you're not the guy everyone's gonna be looking at. Mm-hmm. You're just not. So I, I, I do kind of think it could make sense for both parties, especially Jimmy G, but like, like San Fran, like, is he your long term plan? I don't think that's a great one. No. Like you need to do something at the quarterback position. Eventually, something, something has to happen. Because Trey Lance ain't it. I don't think so either. And I would, I would look to trade Trey and get some picks. Oh, come on. What are you going to get? I still think you'd get like a, a second and a sixth. You think that? Oh, man, dude. Teams are so desperate at quarterback. I I think the second is really pushing that. Are you, well, how about a third and a fifth? Fourth and a seventh. No, you'll get more than Bro, that. I, if I wouldn't, I would be so mad if the Patriots gave like anything for a guy like Listen, I wouldn't do it. I was out. Very early, and then I was definitely out after the strip club thing. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody will do it. I would Especially say the- if the Colts ruin their tank because they they decide to go with Matt Ryan now the rest of the year, and then they can't make a pick. I mean, if they didn't draft Kenny Pickett, like I could see the Steelers doing something like that. Yeah. They tried with... Um, yes. Mm-hmm. What's his face? Haskins. Hey, Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. I had yeah. Dwayne in my head. I couldn't remember the... I was going to say Dwayne Wayne. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not it. <laughs> um, the Jets could... If you can get him for, like, a really good contract for, like, two, three years at most, where, like, after two years you can just cut it outright, <laughs> I guess. Okay. But, like, at the whole... Through those two, maybe three years, you got to... you search in heaven and earth for a real man. All right. But like, sure. Uh, the Niners don't have the draft capital, and they're going to win too many games to really find that anytime in the near well, future. So, two to three. Games. I think you do it, yeah, because that's because they've sold out to be in the championship window. So it, I'm okay with paying Jimmy for two or three years because that's about how long your championship window is. What about Derek Carr? We'll get to that later. <laughs> um, but now let's get in. Let's start. Who would you rather, Jesse? Okay. First one. Would you rather Jimmy Garoppolo, a Jimmy G, or Ryan Tannehill? Well, I mean, Jimmy's far more handsome. <laughs> I mean, well, at this point, like, what does Ryan Tannehill give you? 
a veteran. But With he's a also massive a massive cap hit. Yeah, he's also a salty veteran. Yes. Like at least like talent wise, I put them in similar boats. Yes. I at this point, like Jimmy G's still younger. He's still got he hasn't he's yeah. not washed yet at all. Ryan Tannell's showing me that like he's kinda he's pretty damn washed, my friend. Uh-huh. Um but he's also just like I'm not going to mentor him. Say what you will about how the 49ers have gone with this whole Trey Lance, Jimmy G thing. But Jimmy G has been a professional, has never raised any eyebrows, never caused a single problem about Mm. it. He has been professional about it. The most thing he ever did was when they asked him how the situation is. And he just said, it's not ideal. Which like, that's honest. Yeah. Maybe he's just way too honest. But like, I don't. Not that bad, though. Not a bad trade to have, I guess. Um, so you're taking Jimmy G over I Tannehill? Would, I would take Jimmy. Right. Yeah, like Tannehill's kind of sucks now. Jimmy G is at least pretty good. Yes. Tannehill is not a good locker I watched guy. Tana- Jimmy G is great. I watched Tannehill literally give away a playoff game that they were should have won. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I, I, Say what you will about Jimmy. He sometimes doesn't do enough to win games. I haven't seen him completely for all four quarters just give a game away. <laughs> Um, I su- in the playoffs, no. Listen, he was bad against the Rams in the fourth quarter in the playoffs. Yes, but Tannehill for four quarters was basically choking a game away. Yes, you're talking about the Cincinnati. Game. Yes, I am. It was one good throw, AJ <laughs> Brown. There was. <laughs> I remember one good throw. <laughs> all right, next one. Get ready. You have it. All right. Would you take Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr? I would take Derek Carr. Yeah. I mean, like, here's the thing. I I bash Derek Carr, but I still think he is. There's still talent here. Yeah. Like, you know, he throws a good deep ball to Devontae Adams. Yeah. Um. So, and also, like, I mean, come on. Derek Carr is just such a nice man. Like, as much as the 49ers like playing with Jimmy G, the Raiders uh-huh. feel the exact same way about Derek Carr. Uh-huh. And I feel like Derek Carr is more talented than Jimmy G. Okay. So, so Derek Carr over Jimmy G. I 100% agree. Next one. I think initially everyone would say, Dominic, you're crazy. But when you think about the other things, think about the cap hit too. All right. Would you take Jimmy Garoppolo or Kyler Murray? Yeah. I mean, listen, on the surface, like, oh, come on. Kyler Murray's so young. He's so talented. That yeah. arm, mm-hmm. the, the, the escapability. Yes. Uh, all that stuff. But, I mean, listen, I'm willing to pay that price for those talents that he have. Mm. The problem is he is injury prone, with Jimmy is as well. So it's, yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of a wash on that front. <laughs> but, man, is Kyler Murray one of the worst locker room quarterbacks of the modern era. Mm. And for that, I kind of do have to say James Garoppolo. Right? Because, like, I mean... He's 0-2 since the new Call of Duty came out. Okay. Kyler Murray. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Colt McCoy won yesterday. <laughs> yeah. They won without him. And, like, it seems every game this year, he's arguing with somebody on the sidelines. With Cliff Kingsbury. Last week, it was... Um, Hopkins. Hopkins. So, like, he's not a popular man. Like, Jimmy G, I don't really think, is going to win you games. Mm-hmm. Like, you're down, you need a touchdown. Mm-hmm. One last drive in the fourth quarter. I'd actually rather have Kyler Murray there. But the thing is, I think you're going to be in that situation far more often with a guy like Kyler Murray because nobody gives a damn in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Except um, 
uh, was it Peterson there? Yeah. I'm tired of losing. Um, but like Kyler Murray doesn't care. Mm. He's getting paid. Yeah. And he gets to go home and play Call of Duty and not have homework. Yes. So like you're going to win games with Jimmy G and set yourself up to have a playoff chance uh-huh. simply because they thrive together. They work together. They click. Uh, yes. Jimmy G. All right. Cool. I'm glad you thought of it. So cool. Uh, next one. Would you take Jimmy Garoppolo or Dak Prescott? I just hate Kyler Murray. I know you do. That's, that's what it really comes down to. But this one might have been my hardest one. Jimmy Garoppolo or Dak Prescott? Yeah, I think I think this one was the most difficult, but I leaned. I'm going to go with Dak. Okay. Again, both injury prone, kind of a wash there. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott doesn't cause problems, though. No. And is definitely more talented. Yes. I think he has limits with his talent. I think sometimes we overvalue Dak Prescott's talent. Oh, 100%. Um, I think he's the most overpaid quarterback in the league. Sure. And that is, you know. Although Kyler's fast approaching. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but, like, Dak Prescott is not a problem. They like Dak there. Mm-hmm. He seems to thrive with his guys. Mm-hmm. And he is he's just more talented than Jimmy. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you, if you put Jimmy... If you put Dak on the 49ers, I think that would work out better than mm-hmm. if you put Jimmy on the Cowboys. Okay. I think they'll both could click in their situations, but like J- uh, Dak's Prescott would rise mm-hmm. San Fran while Jimmy G could hold the Cowboys back. I guess. Regardless you. of how everyone feels about each other. Okay. All right. Dak. Next one. Would you take Jimmy Garoppolo or Andy Dalton? This was the weirdest one because. <laughs> Like obviously it's Jimmy G. Okay, I was just making sure. <laughs> I don't like. I I looked at this one. I just couldn't. Jimmy uh, Dalton is, I guess, nice. <laughs> I mean, he's been to the playoffs. He's won a yeah. playoff game. Did he? I think he won one. It's not with Cincinnati. Oh, maybe he didn't. You're right. He didn't. Yeah, that's a quick one. And I like, thought I'd he just thinks, throw it in. There. He thinks it's his time for some reason, and it's not. <laughs> like it's not Jimmy's time really either, but like he at least understands like it's not about me. All right, we can move on. Next <laughs> one. Would you take Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins? Mm. That's a tough one for me. This one is tough. I think you know we talked about like you know we think Kirk Cousins is a little washed at this point. Mm. I, I still think they're pretty even keel talent wise. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Kirk just doesn't understand he's washed yet, and that's part of his problem. You know, at least, like, you know, Drew Brees was kind of hard to watch in his last year, mm-hmm. but he knew that. Mm-hmm. He knew I can't throw this ball anymore. Yeah. Um, so Kirk Cousins, I think, needs to learn that. But, like, again, Kirk Cousins, like, man, is he popular in that locker room. For I also do think that Kirk makes fewer mistakes than Jimmy G. Yeah, Jimmy G I, I is sometimes that. prone to making Kirk some Cousins, real like, what are you doing? There are times where Kirk Cousins has made that fourth quarter drive. Yes. I can't think of a single time Jimmy G has done that. Okay. So I I, I think this one is close, pretty even where they stand right now, mm-hmm. but a slight edge to Kirk. Okay. Interesting. I didn't know who I'd pick for that one. It really was just so hard for me. And luckily I don't have to because this isn't my. it's not my segment. I mean, I don't... <laughs> I know he's had an injury, but like Kirk Cousins is not okay. had that so, problem. So round up, who would you rather? You would take Garoppolo over Ryan Tannehill, Kyler Murray, and that's it. Oh, yeah, no, Dalton. Oh, and Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton, yes. 
So three, three of those you would take Jimmy G over. You would not take Jimmy G over Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, or Kirk Cousins, though. Three and three. So three and three, right about average, which is about where we think Jimmy G should be. Andy right. Dalton was a weird one, though. I know. It was kind of just like, of course. You got to throw those in there, though. I guess. Yeah. Hey, you made the Dak one closer than I thought you would. You think so? I thought I thought it'd be pretty obvious. Uh, I mean, it, the only the only the un- only thing I would say why it's not obvious is because I have to pay Dak significantly more than I have to pay Jimmy. It is on paper. Yes. All right. With that, we are going to take our final quick break. We're going to get into Aaron Rodgers taking down McCarthy, Derek Carr, and the Raiders, and Jesse's going to be a hater once again on a very popular ascending NFL team. Stick with us, guys. We are back to talk about, I mean, one of our favorite characters, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. And, I mean, Mike McCarthy. These are some of our, I mean, favorite team. Historically, just some of the most popular teams to talk about. Mm-hmm. They're always in prime time. They're always in your face. So we're going to do it right here as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this was a very exciting game. Mm-hmm. It's just, historically, this season, Packers have been very boring. Mm. But, like, this, I don't want to get, I don't want to be that guy that says, like, this is it. Packers are back. But, like, this was a step. Mm. This was a step not only for Rodgers. He looked happy. He looked excited to be there. I mm. think part of that was, you know, facing Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I think he um, wanted to beat him. Um, but also, like, Christian Watson. Mm. Coming out party a little bit. Three touchdowns, 120? Something like that. In, where were you? Done in seven yards. Whatever it was. He finally caught the bomb catch. You know, this is that's exactly what Green Bay needs right now. Mm. Need more than just Watson to do it, but like maybe this offense will start to slowly move in the right direction. Maybe they could find themselves at least competing for that wild card spot again. Mm-hmm. We'll see how this goes. Mm. However, I do feel and like I don't have much evidence for this other than going for it on fourth down in the playoffs. But I kind of felt Mike McCarthy was getting in the way a lot. Okay, and I think. As much as we think... I will defend him on going for it on the fourth down. Really? Okay. They well, hadn't stopped the Packers really all day, especially the second half. Um, it is still an elite quarterback, at least talent-wise, on the opposite side of the ball. And plenty of time... I kind of... I understood why they went for it on fourth down. It's not It's not an egregious move at all. No. Um, and I just wonder, like, would he have done that if it wasn't Aaron Rodgers? But I don't think you should do it if it's not Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if it's Ryan, T- if it's Ryan Tannehill, well, yes. If it's Mahomes, Rogers, Brady, Burrow, Allen, if it's Ryan Tannehill, don't go for it on fourth and three. Okay. Well, I just mean like I just kind of feel like Mike McCarthy. You know he he calls the timeouts. Uh huh. He tells tells them when to go for it. I guess on fourth down. 
But we know like that's kind of all he does here. Yeah. I, I, I just can't help but like Mike McCarthy's definitely the guy. And again, I don't really have any evidence for this. Mike McCarthy's definitely the guy. Like, that's Aaron Rodgers. I want to be Aaron Rodgers. Mm. As much as the point, like, Aaron Rodgers definitely wants to be Mike McCarthy. I think the same thing was going on on that other side. I'm sure. With Mike McCarthy. Okay. And I think that, you know, how much I can't say. Uh, Probably not a huge amount. Like, he's not in there calling play calls. But I think he's just in, like, in his um, coordinator's ears being like, like, come on. Like, mm. be a little extra aggressive. Go go that extra mile. We need to beat Aaron Rodgers. Mm. I got you. And it should have been pretty uh, easy. Yeah. But here we are. Yes. And I think, like, that's why I think Mike McCarthy, man. Like, come on. Okay. This, this good defense, decently offensive Cowboys team should have steamrolled this crappy Green Bay team, right? Uh, yeah. I, I think... I don't want to take a ton from that game on the Dallas side yet. Yes, is it disappointing a little bit? Yes. Should they probably have won? Maybe. Likely. Yes. But I do think still it's any given Sunday. I think Green Bay was desperate. Green Bay needed this game. Um, I think it fell into a little bit of a trap for Dallas, especially with all the criticism and, and you know that Green Bay was facing. They were extremely motivated for this game. Aaron was motivated. And like I said, it's just the desperation thing. Like, if Green Bay loses this game, then their season is kind of over at that point. Probably. Even for a wild card spot, dude, you go down to three and seven, it's kind of over at that point. Mm -hmm. So I think Green Bay was desperate. Um, And you talk about the emergence of Christian Watson, it does make it difficult to game plan for. I'm sure Dallas wasn't sitting there before the game going, we got to stop Christian. <laughs> like, they, they caught him by surprise, I think, a little bit. Maybe. So, I don't take a ton of this game from Dallas. There are positives to take from Green Bay. We knew that <clears throat> we didn't think Green Bay would be this bad. But we also knew that if they were going to work this year, it was going to take time. And Aaron needed to get to a point where he has to be forced to trust these wide receivers, or at least one of them. And maybe he's found his guy now in Christian. And that will be huge for the Packers. And I like Christian's talent, actually. I think he's a very explosive wideout, good speed. It's just the nuanced little things that he needs to get, the timing, how to run routes, when to adjust, how to deal with certain coverages, all that kind of stuff. Um, How to put up with Aaron Rodgers. How to put up with Aaron. (laughs) So, but this could be a turning point for the Packers. Maybe they are finally starting to click down offense. They've they've figured it out that maybe you should make sure that Aaron Jones gets more than eight touches a game because he is the best offensive player they have. His yards per rush, his yards per carry, bear that out. He's one of the best in the league, but for some reason they've been like... Let's give him only eight or nine touches a game. Well, he's had some injury history. I think they're just scared to give him a huge load. And they're hoping Dylan could take part of that. Yeah. And he just kind of hasn't this year. No. And and they use Dylan the way they should, which is goal line kind of situations, power wow. back. But they've made sure that Aaron, the last couple of weeks, make sure he gets plenty of touches, not just in the passing game, but still his touches running the football as well, which is, I think, exactly what they had to do. So this could be a turning point for Green Bay. I still don't think they can make the playoffs simply just because their schedule gets brutally tough here down the stretch. If you want to, you can go look at it real quick if you want. Um, While you do that, I want to talk about Mike McCarthy, though, because in the initial initial thing of divorce, we all bashed on Mike McCarthy. He's an idiot. He's dumb. He doesn't know what he's doing. And I have my problems with McCarthy. 
I've even said I wouldn't even give him that much credit for Dallas this year. I think it's more a Dan Quinn story. But does McCarthy, I feel like McCarthy should feel a little vindication here today. McCarthy landed in what now is a better job and a better spot. Is Matt LaFleur any better than Mike? Have they really reached any heights that McCarthy didn't before with Aaron? I don't know. They seem to gag a lot in the playoffs, and some of it is Aaron, but I don't think LaFleur is completely, uh, you know, void of any responsibility in that either. So we were banging on McCarthy today. Is McCarthy that much of a loser in that divorce? Certainly Aaron is very dramatic. We all kind of think like, uh, you know, Mike did have to deal with a lot of BS behind closed doors. So I don't know. I think the perspective has changed and should change, though, a little bit now post McCarthy Rogers divorce. I think we should we should we should lay off McCarthy a little bit. That was your apology letter to now McCarthy. Yeah, I sent one to Pete. Yeah, recently, that, that's my apology to Mike McCarthy. OK, uh, I, I mean, that was a great spike of the headphones last night. I'll give him that. <laughs> but like, sure, he's short term. Aaron was the winner. Still made it to the postseason. I think he won two MVPs mm-hmm. with LaFleur. Um, and I, sure, LaFleur deserves some criticism, but like he does more than McCarthy. He's at least play calling out there. Mm. He's got to be at least a better coach than McCarthy in that aspect, <sighs> right? I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting to compare. I think LaFleur is a better offensive mind than McCarthy, but well, that's, does that make him a better head coach? Well, that's, I don't that's, know. That's why it's hard to compare here because like, it's hard to call McCarthy a head coach when we kind of feel he doesn't do anything. But he does. He calls, he just does the things that it's hard for us to see. The but he fosters a culture. Yeah, he, the intangible. He is, he's the opposite of Josh McDaniels. Why McDaniels can't work as a coach is why McCarthy kind of does. Yeah. and he, you For know, some reason, when he needs to, he can relate to the players. He can lead. He fosters a decent culture. And he lets his assistants do their damn job. Yeah, and there's something to be said to understand. They're like, I'm not going to be good in this aspect. I'm going to defer to somebody else there. <laughs> but I would like to see more out of McCarthy leading being a good coach, doing those things, and, and not standing around and, being like, you're doing a good job. Uh, he needs to do a better job of clock management. That is, that's, that's everybody, it seems. This, <laughs> I don't know. Mike, Mike is particularly bad. Bill's and, good at it. And, I'm, and listen, I, I'm still apologize, Mike. But you are pretty awful <laughs> at the clock stuff. He doesn't have to be. Everyone sucks at it now. <sighs> he's, I feel like Even he's some of the better coaches, like uh, Andy Reid got better at it, but like, he was he's known as being a bad clock manager. I know. I think McCarthy is another level. And I think the only reason we give Reed a pass at this point is because well, Patrick Mahomes can go and score a touchdown in 13 seconds. Yeah, that's true. But anything else to add? I just I'm not apologizing. Okay. <laughs> Did you take a look at the Packers schedule here coming up? Yes. Cuz I while I think they are getting better, this schedule is brutal. Well, here's here's the thing. It's Thursday night against the Titans, but they're at home. Okay. So Titans have to come to you on Thursday. That is... That's a... But Green Bay has struggled with big physical teams yes. historically. And it doesn't get much more physical than the damn Titans. Yes. And they're, they are also just finding their stride. Uh-huh. Um, so, but you're Thursday night at home. And that is like the one thing I'm like, all right, you have that. Yeah. Uh, then there, it's away in Philadelphia. Sunday night football. Home, uh, excuse me, away against the Bears, 
home against the Rams on Monday. Mm-hmm. In Miami against the Dolphins. That's that's not a good matchup for them. That is a bad matchup. Uh, home against the Vikings. At least it's home. Yeah. And then home against the Lions. Mm-hmm. And I know they just lost against the Lions, but like they, there they some might wins. be different teams. There. there are some wins there on the schedule, but the immediate next two games are pretty brutal in my mind. And I know they get Tennessee at home, but I just think Tennessee is a really awful matchup for them. And I like Vrabel against LaFleur. I, I mean, I like. I think they have a significant coaching edge there. I think Vrabel's one of the better coaches in the league. Yes. But I just, Thursday night at home. I, Other than the Patriots, most teams don't screw that up. I know, I know. But no, sure, like if you do win a year, you might you might get beat up in the process and then mm. get stomped by the Eagles. Yes, and I I really don't think they're winning that Eagles game. Probably. Not. I think the Eagles are also a terrible matchup for Green Bay. No, I don't see them winning that, one. especially on the road. So even if they beat the Titans, you taking that L to the Eagles. Well, you know, maybe if they can have that Vikings. St- when you just look at. When you looked at the schedule before the year, right, and you and you tried to map out wins and losses, the Vikings getting a W against Buffalo is huge because everybody had that as an L. Yeah. And now you just got by a game that you probably thought was a loss. Yeah. So. Well, I mean. I mean, at this point, they're not catching Minnesota. Yeah, I just maybe, don't maybe at the end, Vikings like, we don't really need to play this guy, this guy, this guy at that point. No, I know. I got you. And, and there's hope for Green Bay in a wild card spot with the NFC being what it is. And I think they are going to play significantly better here now than they've been playing. I just think it happened a little bit too late and at the wrong time. I see them losing still to Tennessee and definitely to the Eagles. Here's the thing I actually want to say about the Eagles game. If you can disrupt the script yes. as much as possible, you're probably still going to be losing going into that second half. Mm-hmm. If you can then just do what you did against the Cowboys, mm-hmm. which is not something you should expect every week. Mm-hmm. But hey, if you have that confidence and you can do that like, mm-hmm. that makes the Eagles beatable it does because they the Green Bay um, defense isn't bad no so if you can disrupt that script enough mm-hmm. you maybe that second half maybe hurrah hurrah well we'll see we'll see do you have sure, any like I'm not picking them okay I wouldn't pick that down. any more thoughts though on this uh, no not really before we move on okay next segment Derek Carr and the Raiders. Now, we're going to do the same kind of thing that we just did with you. But before we do that, let's just talk about the situation here at large. Um, I I think he is finally getting fed up with the organization. He's on what is like seventh coach in like nine years. He's been, he's crying at press he's been the lifesaver of this dysfunctional franchise. Uh, he's been the captain of this sinking ship. Yes, that was a pun on purpose. <laughs> um for years now I said I think Josh is going to get another year I don't know what to think I I still think he's going to get one more I kind of think it's looking like the Raiders are going to try and push the blame on the Derek for this season organizationally yeah I kind of do and I think they'll give McDaniels one more year but I do think there are signs here that McDaniels might be losing the locker room well he I said to you, like, he lost Derek Carr. Yes. And I know, like, you know, Derek Carr is still... He came out today, or, uh, excuse me, that press conference where he was um, crying. Yeah. And I'm not even... I'm not just trying to make fun of him. No, he was. He was was in tears. Yeah. And he said, like, I love my coaches and all that stuff. And I know, like, he's he's never going to be the guy that'd be like, listen, I'm just not getting along with my coaches right now. Yeah. 
He's never going to be that guy. But I think he's. I think he's, some of that emotion is because he. I think he knows what's starting to go on there. I think he feels that he's going to be the scapegoat and that his time is probably over there. That here's the thing, that will make not only will then Josh not have anyone in the locker room. Oh, I agree. I think the front office will. <laughs> destroy any relationship they have with anyone in that locker room oh i agree why would Devontae adams want to stay there yeah like part of the reason he's like oh no, i'm really liking this idea of being a las vegas raider because that was my college quarterback yeah and they yeah, they click and oh they, yeah they, i don't think the raiders are handling it correctly i just think that's how this is going to play out i yeah. see it i josh, see the signs already josh mctain he just he, here's the thing <laughs> with, with with brandon marshall came out and said like I see that. I oh yeah, that. like Josh. McDonald's, That's been the knock on most of the guys that come out of New England. Well, Josh McDonald, he's so not charismatic. Yeah, I'm not trying to be insulting, but he's just he's so nerdy. Uh huh. And I mean that in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Like he's just got such a mind for play calling, just thinking up, uh, like just designing plays on the fly. Even I've been critical of him the past few years i feel like it's gotten stale but you can kind of expect that when you've played with the same guy with the same limitations for 20 freaking years Mm -hmm. and then you bring in another guy who's similar build yeah um so i'm not surprised it got a little stale a little boring and like not that exciting not always so effective um but he still has got that mind he still has got that genius. He, and that Super Bowl against the Rams, he's drawing up plays mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And guys, look at this. We're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Because like everything I'm doing is not working. Start from scratch right here and now. He's mm-hmm. got that ability. But yeah, he's not going to He's not gonna wow. He's not going to rower. He's not going to fire you up. Yeah. He's just not that dude. I agree. I, he's a coordinator. And yeah. it's funny. We make this mistake. You know, I think we made a similar mistake with Adam Gase. Smart, kind of on the X's and O's. He had a lot of success with a legendary coach and a legendary quarterback. Well, it's kind of easy to look successful with a legendary quarterback like that. Not trying to take too much away from both McDaniels and Gase, but we do this. We inflate what they do. But McDaniels has never really done anything without Carr. Gase clearly has never done anything without Peyton Manning and was a disastrous head coach. We elevate them to this position of head coach. They can do this. They can do that. And they can't. They're coordinators. They got elevated by their head coach and got by the quarterback they were able to work with. Yeah. I mean, honestly. I think they're doing it again here with Josh McDaniels. I don't think he's a head coach. Yeah. I mean, other than Brian Flores, I can't think of really any coaches that. Coming out of New England that were successful. Yeah. Mike Rabel. But he was not a coach on the staff. No, no, no. I thought about him. Yeah, he's not a coach. Yeah, he was a player, but he was not on the coaching staff. No one from Bill's coaching tree really works out. I don't know why. They just don't. Uh, was it um, Cromartie had some success? Who? Antonio Cromartie. Oh, I don't even remember where. That's like old. Yeah, that's way that's, old. That's very beginning of the um, Yeah. dynasty. All right, so moving on now. So right. we think Carr is going to be gone. A lot of people think Carr is going to be gone. So let's talk about what are some places that would be good fits next year for Derek Carr. Hit me with the first one, Jesse. I'm going to start with uh, you know, the ones you know already. Yep. New Orleans Saints. So the New Orleans Saints for Derek Carr, I think this is 10 out of 10. I think this is a perfect fit. Uh, there's still a lot of talent on this Saints team. Jameis turns the ball over too much. He needed Peyton to ring him in and figure things out for him. Peyton's no longer there. It's Allen instead, a, def- a defensive guy. And Andy Dalton is severely limited. Um, you brought in Chris Olave for a cheap option. 
very good wide receiver. Juwan Johnson is appearing as a very good tight end. You have Alvin Kamara, and the defense still has talent on it. I think the New Orleans Saints, stable culture, talent around it. I think it'd be a perfect fit. Insert Derek Carr in a weak division. Brady could be gone even too. I think it's 10 out of 10. It would work right away and get the New Orleans Saints back to contending. Is it the stablest of cultures with guys like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara? Oh, they'll move on from Thomas. Okay. Kamara, Kamara has never been a huge locker room issue. Sure, but it's just the off or the off field stuff. No, I know it's a problem, but you know who knows? Yeah, he's, he's going to get slapped with a suspension at some point. You can replace the running back position; it's not that hard. I guess. All right, well, he is so talented. No, he is. He is. All right, next one. All right, uh, Pacific Northwest. Let's go to Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks for Derek Carr. Yeah. Um, I think it's a decent fit. I think it makes a good amount of sense. I don't know if Pete would do it, though, because Pete just loves Geno so much. I do think that Seattle hits a wall, though, with Geno Smith pretty soon. Um, They've hit on a bunch of draft picks, which means they have cheap options, so they can sell future draft picks to get Derek Carr. I'd like them to shore up the O-line just a little bit more, and the defense still is not great. But it's still a very good fit for Derek Carr. I think it would make sense. All right. All right. Let's go to the other side of the country then. Yes. New York. Which one? Jets. All right. So the New York Jets for Derek Carr. This one I put right with the Saints. 10 out of 10. Makes perfect sense. They're going to win too many games to have a draft pick. I'm ready to be done with Zach Wilson. I don't think it's really? going to work. Yeah. I'm, I I have seen no improvement, really. Robert Solid. with Zach Wilson somewhere else? What? You think Zach Wilson's just done? Like, uh, I just don't think he. I don't think he's going to work. He's not a franchise quarterback, no matter where he goes. Uh, way too lackadaisical, not careful with the football law at all. Hasn't learned. I think Salah's built a very good culture, a very good defense. They've hit on a bunch of draft picks. Insert Derek Carr. There are weapons now on the offense. Um, Hall will come back next year. Garrett Wilson's looked very good as a wide receiver. You get a mature adult in the locker room that's not going to take the shine off Sala. He'll let Sala do his thing. He'll mentor the young kids. 10 out of 10 right with the Saints. Derek Carr is perfect for the Jets. Okay. This one was a little surprising when you gave it to me. Okay. Because I was like, oh, it's Zach Wilson. But like, I, I, I mean, I see the, the problems. I just, I, I don't think they'd give up on him that quick. I think they would. Two years in, I think so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's stay in New York though. The okay. Giants. The New York Giants for Derek Carr. No, I don't no. think I don't think it's a great fit. I know Dable's winning a lot of games right now. It makes sense because they're going to win too many games for a draft pick. Uh, but I still think the way the roster is built, I think there's still a ton of holes. I think they need the draft capital still to rebuild major issues on it. They're doing well this year. Saquon is always just one step away from being out for a season, and then the offense goes down even worse. They don't have a lot of wide receivers to elevate Carr and an average O-line. I like that Jones is at least mobile behind that bad O-line. And I don't think the fans will like Derek because the fans are dumb and they're buying into the fact that Danny Dimes might be the guy. So, no, I don't think Derek Carr fits for the Giants. That one surprises me. Because, like, I mean... Well, one, I, I don't think you should care about, oh, the fans don't like this guy. 
you you should bring in your best guy. And I know, but sometimes I know, but it it matters eventually because if things don't work right away. Yeah, I guess. But like, also, I'm surprised because you've defended Carr and saying like, look at what he's done. I agree. Little. I agree. And then, but I think if you're going to make a big move and go to New York and stuff, it has to work right away. And they're not going to have the draft capital. No, they're not. So like. No, the Giants will have the draft capital, but they need to use well, it on picks. But they won't to really rebuild have high picks. No, I know. The day but I think they on. still need the picks to rebuild multiple units of this team, not right. just the quarterback position. Right. So, no. Nope. All right. Uh, how about this one? Okay. You know, it's a little salty down there with some of the wideouts. Maybe this could help keep them there. Mm-hmm. The quarterback's not working. Mm-hmm. Again, this is the second season. Houston Texans. Houston Texans for Derek Carr? Absolutely not. Okay. This this team needs a complete and utter overhaul. They're probably, now that the Bears seem to have figured some stuff out, the most dysfunctional, dumbest, worst run front office. I don't understand the head coach that they hired. They're a mess. All you're going to do is bring Derek Carr in to get beat up. I think Derek Carr would have PTSD because he loves his brother, and he'll be wearing the same uniform that he watched his brother die in when he just got pummeled season after season and Derek's going to get pummeled season after season behind that terrible low line and terrible organization. No, well, absolutely not. Not a fit for Derek Carr. All right. Yeah. Uh, this one I put on last second. Cause I was like, all right, mm-hmm. they're going to need a quarterback, right? Coming this off season, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers for Derek Carr. <sighs> Everything about it makes sense, except you have to follow in Tom Brady's shoes afterwards. That's tough. But just roster organization, it does make sense. It's a bit of a loose organization. Derek Carr would be very good to at least be be a nice, you know, calm, mentor, solid rock of the organization. I think it's a fit. It's the worst fit of the ones that I've called fit so far for Derek, but it does work. Okay. Do you want to do one more? If you have one more, yeah. I have one. I don't really think you'll say it's a good fit, though. Okay. Last one. Carolina Panthers. For Derek Carr? Yeah. No. Carolina needs a complete overhaul. The O-line is awful. Uh, They need the draft picks. They have no idea really what they're doing at head coach yet. I don't think it makes sense for them to give up draft picks to get Derek Carr. It is not a fit for the Carolina Panthers. I figured you'd say that one. Yeah, I, I can't. Do you have any Do you have any pushback on any of the ones I said aren't fits? Do you think they're fits? I was, I mean, I don't really think it would work with Texans. I thought that, you know, the only reason I think they should do that is to maybe try to convince Brandon Cooks that, like, we're trying here. Mm-hmm. But, like, sure, I, like, I don't think... Yeah, I could. They probably should just like burn it down and I think start again. They have to. I think they have to but just. Burn I, it I was surprised you weren't on more on board with the Giants one. Okay, just based on like you know he's done. You feel like he's done things with no one yeah. for years. There are that, there are aspects of it that I think make sense, but I still think that the Giants. It you comes think just have to give up too much. To yes, I I still think I don't care what the damn record is. I can I I have eyes. I watch the games. They're playing a last place schedule. They've been kind of fortunate on some games. They probably should have lost. There are still major areas of this team that need an overhaul, and you need the picks to do that. Right. So, I but it's not the worst fit in the world. I just I see a drawback that still makes me say no. Okay. So moving on here to our final segment before we get to the Tommy and Darwin 
talking about, you know, bad NFC, all that. We have one undefeated team left, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. And I've seen some media pundits be on the same train that we're on right now, but I see a lot of people buying in, drinking the Kool-Aid. The fans certainly are. Jesse, get your video ready and tell us your thoughts here on this Philadelphia Eagles team. I'm actually going to try to bring up their schedule for a second. Where did they? Oh, they didn't play this week. That's why I can't find them. Yeah, that's why. Um, So here's the thing. I feel like the media is hoisting them so very high, Mm -hmm. and Philadelphia fans, for the most part, are. But I feel like the average NFL fan sees what we see. Like, the schedule has been easy. You haven't faced anyone truly real yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like, the Vikings we saw should be good. But, you know, we've given several explanations as to why that turned out how it did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we thought the Jaguars could be a division contender. Turns out we were wrong there. Uh, uh, but they're still the a Jags decent. gave them a decent fight, though. Well, here's the thing. They... they they even gave, um, at least in the second half, the, mm. the Chiefs a decent fight yesterday. Like, they don't roll over and die the way old Jaguars teams did. Mm-hmm. They have a spine. They're just mm-hmm. not good yet. Mm-hmm. So, like, we jumped the gun a little saying the Jaguars are good there. But, like, in the end, that's the thing. Like, Jaguars probably gave them a tougher game than they should have. Mm-hmm. Like, this is an 8-0 Eagles team. And I know for one week we said the Jaguars can win the division. But, like... They have won one game since, I think. Yeah. So, like, the Jaguars still kind of suck, mm-hmm. but, like, decent personnel. But, like, yeah, you just, for the couple of weeks now, like, you beat the crap out of the Steelers, you beat the crap out of the Texans, and, like, next week you got the Commanders, and the Commanders are also better than I expected, but, like, you're going to beat the Commanders. Mm-hmm. You did in week four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you stomped them out then, too. Yeah. Like, this is a good offense, a well-coached team. I think a very well-coached team. Oh, yeah. A very good defense, but it's still Jalen Hurts. And I like Jalen Hurts better than you did. I thought he had a chance to be an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm having some vindication here. Oh, you definitely are. But he's still just Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. A.J. Brown makes him better. Uh-huh. That run game takes a lot of pressure off him. Mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard, you can just toss him the ball. He seems to catch it. Uh-huh. He's just a safety. He's just such a good safety net. Yes. Like, this is a very well-built offense and a great defense. But, like, come on. This team is not going to stand up to real competition in mm. real big games. And mm. when it comes down to a close game in the final few drives, which I haven't really had yet, I'm going to put my money on another team. Yes. Like, come on. I don't. You can't put your money on Jalen sitting back with a minute and a half to go. You can't run the ball, right? You can't scramble around and extend plays more than maybe one play on the drive because you just don't have the time to sit back there, go through progression in the pocket, and make throws down the field. I took a picture. Did you? I took a picture. You didn't even video it? No, I took a picture of that. Ah. I did what you did like two weeks ago. I that's just, funny. That yeah. sucks. But anyway, so no, I agree. <laughs> I Listen, they've played a horrendous schedule. Just so easy, right? And I want to do their combines. Nick Sirianni is great, and they're a good team, but they don't have another gear. I haven't seen it, and I don't believe that they have another gear. There's they have a they have an identity, which is a big thing for winning. They have a great identity, and they do a great job of 
imposing their will and making the game play out the way that they want it to play out. But if the game doesn't play out the way that they need it to, I don't see them coming from behind a multiple point deficit and winning a game. I don't see them being able to execute a minute and a half or less drive down the field just throwing the football with Jalen in the pocket and winning a playoff game, and playoff games are close. What Philly does is they they come out with a great script. They script the first two drives. They get a lead. You get the run game going. Jalen play action off it, moving around, giving them very easy defined reads. They get that lead, and they allow their D-line to stop worrying about the run, pin their ears back, and just rush the passer. And that's how Philly wins their games. Um, they've been on the plus side of the turnover differential in almost all of their games, which is a huge aspect to winning in the NFL. But there is also some randomness to it. How long can you really maintain that for an, an entire season? So they have a script. Philly has a way to win. But in the playoffs, you have to be able to win multiple ways. And I just don't think the Eagles can. So they've their combined opponent's record yeah. is... 32, I think I did this math right. I didn't mm. try to do it quick. Um, 32, 41, and 1. Okay. Which is actually better than I thought it was, mm-hmm. but that's it's inflated by the Cowboys and, mm. um, damn it, me, somebody else. Mm-hmm. But And then that's the other thing. They're tough games, right? They got Dallas when Cooper Rush was at quarterback. They yeah. got the Vikings at home week two after the Vikings had just beaten Green Bay, which is always big for them. It's kind of a letdown spot. They have had basically all their tough games at home. They really have one of the easiest schedules oh. I've ever seen. It's inflated by the Vikings and Cowboys. Yes. Like you take them out and it's we, garbage. And we both said you got Cooper Rush, Cowboys, <laughs> and you got the Vikings Plus. and you got the Vikings at home week two after they had played the Packers. Yeah. Like, that's about as ideal as ideal gets for spots. Yeah. And they will continue to play garbage because the, the schedule going forward is not good. But we do this all the time. Best regular season teams, very uh, on the reg, don't even do that great in the playoffs. Um, last year, uh, it came out last week. There was an NFL, uh, there was an NFC executive. I don't know if it was an East one. I don't know if it went that specific, but an NFC executive who even said, he could see the Eagles being one and done in the playoffs. I think this is the same story we've seen plenty of times in regular seasons. You're built a certain way for the regular season. A certain amount of great breaks go your way. Playoff time is different. I could see them being one and done in the playoffs even. Oh, I absolutely could. And I think they need that buy if they want to have any chance oh, to yeah, go Because they got to script that thing up yeah. as much as they can. They need, they need that by far more than I think the Vikings do. Yeah. Like the Vikings can win tough games, they can grind it out, they can push back. Yeah. Like, I have no reason to think Philly can really do that. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So with that, we are getting ready to wrap things up. Let's do our Tommy report as always, Jesse. All right. Hey. Let me scroll down to the stats here. So Tom Brady, he made history. Yeah. He became the first player to win games in four different countries. Ah. America. England, Mexico, and now Germany. Mm. And I don't know about you, but goddamn it, NFL. I am not getting up at 930 to watch a football game. I did. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm sick of it. I did. I wasn't quite 930. You know, I, I, it, was, it was about <laughs> it was like 10 when I put the game on. <laughs> All right, and 
you know, I put it on and then I rolled back over. <laughs> uh, but hey, I mean, we said the Seahawks would probably lose. This is the steps that these Buccaneers are taking. They're back to 500. Mm-hmm. Five and five, leading the division once again. Falcons just lost. Yeah. So, you know, we still don't think this is a great Buccaneers team. But like the ship, no pun intended, yeah. is being corrected. Yes. They're not going in the right direction. Brady's got him buying in again. Mm-hmm. Business as usual for Tom, I guess. Tommy, Tommy finally made it official. You know, he got rid of his, his first mate that was steering him off course, I guess, during the season so far. Oh. Aren't they aren't they officially divorced now? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's two is and it, since the Yeah, divorce. he's two and out. He's two, two and out since the divorce. divorce. So yeah. They threw Giselle overboard off the ship. Okay. And now they're going in the right direction. Okay. That's <laughs> okay. That's what I thought you meant, but I yeah. was like, who's on this team? No, 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 no. No one on the team. No, I no, thought no. like Gronk? No, 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 no. No. Because they could use him. No, they could use him actually. Um But alright, you know, <laughs> For the rest of the year, maybe, well, maybe not. Maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves because this is still at least a crappy NFC team and Buccaneers are still sus because of it. But, like, it looks like business as usual for Tom Brady from here on out. He doesn't have his family to care about anymore. He can just focus on football, Mm -hmm. which is, like, how he wants it. It's like, get away. Yeah. Like, I need to read this playbook. I need to study this film. I'll tell you what Tampa finally did. They were finally able to run the ball. And they stopped asking the 45-year-old man to throw the ball 50-plus times. They tried to ask him to catch the ball, though. They did, and that never turns out well. Like, can Let's just he's throw got, that one out. He's got two recurrence receptions. Okay. Well, it hasn't worked lately when I've watched it. So well, he, he went on. I mean... Also, I thought that was a terrible play call considering the situation by Leftwich. It's also a bad throw. It was a bad throw, but he is a running back. Yes. You're supposed to throw that wide open so like Tom can just sit there and let it come to him. Yeah. But, it was not open. Well, according to Tom on Twitter, he was ready to moss him, but he slipped. <laughs> and Tom, here's the thing. Tom's got the height for it. Yes. I've never seen him jump. He he doesn't jump that well. <laughs> I can't imagine. So no I matter imagine. what, everyone's making a big thing about him falling. I honestly think that ball's picked off even if he doesn't fall down. Oh, it definitely is. <laughs> it's just like Tom will probably embarrass himself in a different way yes. if he didn't fall. Yeah. Uh, I I thought it was a terrible play call considering the time though they had moved the ball well down the field. It was. I think that's strange. usually. I thought it was a play call that you usually do when you have more field to go. Usually you're doing that to try and steal a quick touchdown. Or you're like, the but like they were moving. already yeah, or, but they were already deep in their opponent's territory. Like I, I didn't get it. But uh, the offense looked at least also decent to that point. That's like, my like, yeah. Like it wasn't. Because yeah, usually it's, it's like, not right, necessary. Nothing is working. Yeah, like we we need a shot in the arm. We need a yeah. we need a steal one here. Because like, that was like when Tom's last year here, in the second half of the season where the offense really dried up. Yeah, like did we at least one trick play a game? Yeah, because well they beat nothing, the they beat the Steelers happened. that year when things were going really bad. They beat the Steelers uh, still, and I didn't think they would on a, on a trick oh. play. I think oh, Edelman, yeah. Edelman threw another touchdown pass. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's that's what they had to resort to almost every week. Yeah, to score at least one touchdown. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, I thought the big thing was they got the run game going, and that is huge. They have to do that because they were asking Tom to do way too much. Yeah. All right. Moving on, getting ready to finish up the show, our Darwin Award, as always. Drum roll, please. This week's Darwin Award winner is the Buffalo Bills. Why? Because what the hell was that at the end of the game? Listen, 
I've seen teams blow leads. I've seen wacky things happen. But like, usually you make one or two mistakes and the other team makes some big plays. They make no mistakes themselves and they win the game. No, 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 no. Buffalo should have blown the doors off the Vikings first off. They were way better than them for most of the game. Even when Minnesota came back, Minnesota made a bunch of mistakes themselves. And Buffalo was just like, here you go. Here's another chance, buddy. Here's a second chance. Here's a third chance. <laughs> Here's just a touchdown. Yeah, and, and, and it all culminated in, oh, you don't want to take these chances? All right, that, that's fine. We'll just give you a touchdown. Like, it's so, here's the thing. That wasn't even like stupid play call. There are reasons they could deserve the, the Darwin for stupid play call. Not calling a single run. Oh, that then, there's, then there's the not calling a single running play after the Vikings had scored a touchdown, missed the, the PAT, and you were just like, oh, let's just throw it deep three times. But also, like, the reason, like, you, you fumbled the snap in the end zone, which is just bad. It looks awful. But, like, you fumbled. It wasn't like a bad handoff. Yeah. He didn't get hit. Yeah. Just the snap. That, that's, like, once a year thing. And you did it. In one of the biggest games you've had to the season so far. At the one-yard line. In the end zone. Yeah. Man. And that, here's the thing. At that point, game was over. It was. I just looked away. Yeah. Like, there was no reason to think. Like, bro, they could have needed it. And I'm like, whatever. This is, this is the biggest joke job I've ever seen. Now, the moment isn't because it's not the Falcons in the Super Bowl. But, like, the game was over. Yeah. It was over. <laughs> like, what I mean, the hell? There have, I, you basically just handed them points. You did. Yeah, you literally just said, here's a touchdown. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, points off, like this that stat, like, oh, points off turnovers. Because, like, yeah, you get the pick. Yeah. Even if you get a pick in a short field, like, you still have to yeah. move the ball a little bit, maybe get into a field goal range. No, like, I'm, I'm going to not be able to simply just hold a football on a handoff. And then just he didn't get that go. far. I know he didn't even get that far. I know. <laughs> I don't think Josh Allen ever had the ball. I don't think he did either. It and then he's he's you know <laughs> got first pickings at it and he messed that up too. I know it got kicked away. That was that was one of the biggest choke jobs I've ever seen. Right after you lost the um, last week to a game that they shouldn't have lost to. Yeah. To the Jets and then you yeah. did it again this week. Once again, well, we're not going to run the football. We're not going to kill the clock. Wild. I guess Neam Hines really just has taken his time learning that playbook. I guess. He's like the only guy that was, I mean, I wouldn't consider him a big trade, mm-hmm. but based on like just Buffalo's needs, it yeah. kind of is. He's like the only guy, like Christian McCaffrey had like at least two dozen plays that they ran with Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. And he got traded three days prior. Yeah. Everyone is acclimated at this point. TJ Hawkinson was one of the best players in that game. Yeah. Got traded a week ago. Why did Neam Hines get like one snap? I have no idea. This guy's taking a sweet-ass time to learn that playbook, I guess. I don't know, because they just don't like running the football, dude, for some reason. Or maybe they just told him, like, you're just here to run back punts. But also, also, like, not only did they throw the ball three consecutive times, can you at least just, like, make one of them a dump-off to Hines? So, like, at least we can get a completion. No, no. Alan, why don't you just air it out all three times? Let's burn only about 20 seconds off this clock. Stefan Diggs I, did kind of drop one of them. He did. But, like, but it was a contested catch. It was tough. But, like, he shouldn't have been in that situation. Yeah. Or one of them is fine. But don't do three of them. No, like, that's what I mean. Like, 
Like they literally Any killed, run on first they killed down. like 20 seconds. Bro, you could have lost yards on first down as long as the clock kept moving. That's okay. I know. You don't need points. You didn't need to move the ball. And like if there's ever an offense that can convert on a third and long, it's you. And Justin So like if, if Singletary loses a yard and then runs one back to the line of scrimmage and now it's third and 11, whatever. Now throw it. But at least we've burned like a minute and a half off the clock. Do you know their timeout situation at that point? I don't remember exactly, but I know they didn't have that many. Yeah, I don't know they didn't have all of them, but yeah. I thought they at least had one. But like even he didn't then. even even if let's, let's assume they they did. Yeah. They didn't have to use it. Yeah. Like even if you burn no time, if you burn a timeout, that's worth something. I know. Exactly. They did none of that. None of it. <laughs> they deserve to lose that game, no matter how stupidly they lost it. Josh Allen doesn't deserve it. And he kind of gave it away. He does, but twice. he doesn't. Listen, he the person. He gave it away twice. Josh Allen, the football player, deserved to lose. Josh Allen, the person, did not. Okay, I get it. Yeah. But anyway, Darwin Award winner, Buffalo Bills. How about you learn from your damn mistakes? You didn't run the ball to kill the clock against the Jets, and you didn't do it against the Vikings. And both times it came back to bite you. I think it's going to cost them a Super Bowl appearance. But even if it doesn't, let's just focus on the here and now. Two weeks in a row, you know. Don't don't keep doing the same thing over and over again. That's that's crazy. Didn't they draft a guy to run the ball? I don't. Where did he I go? I have no idea. What happened to him? I have no idea. But anyway, that has been it. Congratulations to the Buffalo Bills this week, Darwin Award winner. That has been it for slow your roll this week, guys. Let's watch the Eagles blow out another subpar team tonight on Monday Night Football, so we can all hear about how they're going to the Super Bowl. Dallas Goddard. <laughs> have a great rest of your week.